You're listening to Hockey Night in New York, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large. Here's your hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Got a great show coming up for you tonight. Christian Arnold of Isles Inside will be joining us. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Mr. Tony Stabile. Tony, how are you? Hi, buddy. What's going on? We are, we are here. We are here at the week that everything gets going. It is opening week in the NHL. I am excited. I know you're excited. Very Let's excited. Let's do this, brother. Buddy. Year six. Let's do this. Year six. Can you believe no. it? No. My God. Well, thank you all for tuning in. The pretend games are over. Training camp is done for the New York Islanders. And it is time to look ahead to see what the regular season will bring. We're going to have Christian Arnold on in about 15 minutes. He's going to talk about camp with us, everything that's coming ahead. And before we dive into everything, just want to uh, thank everybody for coming back for yet another season. Really appreciate the support. Want to remind you all, if you enjoy what you're hearing on this show, please rate, review, subscribe. It's a big help to us. We really appreciate it. And you might have caught the news on Twitter that we have migrated our show to a new hosting site at Spreaker.com. Nothing changes for you. You can still go to HockeyNightNY.com for all live broadcasts at worst. You may just have to resubscribe. There's a slight possibility you might have got kicked off the subscription just because of the migration. But if you weren't, you're in good shape. If you were, all you got to do is click it again, and you are good to go. Um, also have some exciting news coming up later in the season. Now, it is a few months down the road, but why not prepare for it now? We already have a big on-location live show booked that will be at Parlay on Merrick Road in Rockville Center Monday January 13th against the New York Strangers. They'll be taking on the Strangers in Madison Square Garden that night, so we're going to have a big viewing party for that game. So mark your calendars now so you got no excuse when January comes around. Come hang out with us. We're going to have a great time like we did at Offside last year, like we did at Boss Croker's. Going to be a lot of fun. So with all that housekeeping out of the way, Tony Stabile, let's dive in to the meat. Let's get into the stuff here. A lot of great big news for the New York Islanders before the season even started. You had the official groundbreaking at Belmont happen. You had a great event going on yesterday. We're going to talk to Christian about that, too, because he was there. You have the Islanders stepping up to a big boy radio station. They have been added to ESPN New York. Talk about some details on that. Uh, In typical Islander fashion, it's not as cut and dry and straightforward as, as you might like. Now, most games are going to be on 10.50 a.m. Some of them will be on 98.7 FM. There will be a minimum of 60 games total between the two ESPN stations. Any games that are not on ESPN New York will be on Hofstra Radio. And fear not, Chris King and Greg Picker will remain as the broadcast team. So, with all of that being said, as well as the 5-2 and two record in the preseason that essentially means nothing. How does it feel 
to be Tony Stabile. I've waited all <laughs> summer for that question, pal. <laughs> Talk to me, pal. I feel what do you got? I feel great, man. How do you not feel great? After everything that's happened this week, you have uh, a real successful training camp. Kind of all the questions answered. First, you go back, even go back to the summer, you know, where, where Lou Lamarillo is able to bring back all the free agents he basically wants to bring back, which is a big thing, you know, around here. That never happens. You sure. see guys walking out the door all the time. I don't have to go through the names. We all know who they are. Right. But you have all of his free agents come back, most of them on really, really friendly deals, which are good. You bring Jordan Everly back, who's had a real good camp so far. Brock Nelson looks like he's continuing the same type of play he had last season. You got Anders Lee, the captain, who was front and center and everything that happened at Belmont the other day. You, uh, you, just just tremendous to, to bring all those guys back. Now there's some questions about, you know, you know at the end of last season, Barry, Lou, both said that they wanted to, to bring some more offense in. We know, the cover that. we know the yep. rumors and everything to that point, but I- I'll be honest with you, man. The offense has looked fine so far in, 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 in camp so far. You got guys on the blue line that can move the puck. You got some really, really good-looking D back there. You, you actually have a log jam where I think that you're going to have one guy going to get moved out probably in the next couple of days. So it, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I'll be very, very happy with what I've seen so far, and I'm, I'm really excited with, uh, you know, going forward into the first week of the season. Yeah, look, there's there's a lot to to cover as far as that goes because I, I think the the discussion and the and the expectations kind of went up and down, you know, but you know between the the end of last season and coming into tonight and and before we dive into all that, I mean, I mentioned Belmont. Let's just get that out of the way off the top here. And anybody who is skeptical, anybody who is saying, you know, I'll believe it when I see it, when shovels are in the ground, well, folks, there are a multitude of bulldozers. Now, in the ground, there have been ceremonial shovels put in the ground. There was the big event that I mentioned yesterday. It is official. It is happening. The renderings are gorgeous. I'm sure most of you have seen them now that they've, they've released them since the event. Uh, it's going to be an absolutely beautiful building. It's going to be a great place for Islander fans to go to watch the Islanders play hockey for many, many years to come. So that is a huge victory Huge, huge weight off the shoulders of everybody involved with this organization. This has been a long time coming. A big congratulations to everybody who has been waiting to get to this point. Because let's face it, it has been, you know, in the back of our minds for a very long time. And, you know, we don't know how close it exactly got to this team, perhaps sailing off to another city somewhere. But there were some scares here and there. And, and, as much as you want to hate on Barclays Center, and trust me, I do not blame you, it was a necessary evil. Barclays had to happen for Belmont to happen. And when you look at all the puzzle pieces here that had to fall into place, the timing of everything that had to come into place for us to be where we are right now, it's borderline miracle. It really is. No question. Because you had all the trouble with the Coliseum, you had all the political nonsense, you had the lighthouse getting disapproved. You had the referendum that didn't go through, and it was kind of like, where the hell are they going to end up? Charles Wong pulls a magic trick out of his hat and gets Barclays to happen. Fans hate it. doesn't work out very well. Belmont hates it. The players hate it. doesn't go very well. And who was thinking about Belmont Park, right? Nobody. Charles Wong Nobody. Was. Right, Charles Wong apparently was. But I think at the time, if anybody was thinking about a potential relocation, it was you know by City Field, and that was a pipe dream. So all of a sudden, Belmont comes out, and and back then we were thinking it was going to end up a soccer stadium, right? When there were when there were original 
request for bids going out for Cosmos. Belmont, that was going to be Cosmos. that was going to be a soccer stadium. Yep. So the fact that all of a sudden now there's shovels in the ground there, they're working on the foundation for an Islanders arena at Belmont. I don't think I don't think mo- uh, all Islander fans realize how lucky we are that this is happening right now. So soak it in. A an Islanders arena built for hockey for the Islanders officially happening. That's a huge thing, Tony. If there's anything you want to add, or we can move on. No, I mean, look, I've said it many times on this show. Okay, we started to. I I started with this whole thing back when I was in high school. Okay, I'm about to have my 25th high school reunion come this fall. So I mean, this is. It has been my entire half of my life has been discussing this building. Right. You know, we know that Bill Torrey, back when the Islanders were winning their Stanley Cups, was starting to plan that the Islanders were not going to be able to 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 sustain themselves at the Nassau Coliseum. We all knew that this was going to happen. We've had politicians. We've had everything you could possibly happen to this organization other than the fact that someone could have bought them and moved them, which, let me tell you, was a lot closer than a lot of people think. And the fact that they're here, the fact that they're back playing at the Nassau Coliseum 28 times so this year, and that's not including the playoffs, and the fact that now there is a building with a live webcam looking at it that you can watch it <laughs> almost every single day right. if you want to. You and I know that there's plenty of you out there that ever since that camera went up, you've been checking in every day. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm watching every day. Oh, look. look the dirt's over moved, there now. They moved that dirt from there to there. That's the a bigger pile than yesterday. Now. Absolutely, They're doing bro. such a good job. Look at the dirt. It's moving over. Oh, this is fantastic. But I'll tell you, man, in, in six months from now, you're going to be watching that camera a lot because things are going to be happening Once on you a start daily seeing basis. The cement down there and start seeing the structures go up. I had no idea they were going to do this. It's pretty awesome that they are. Mm-hmm. And people are probably going to lose a lot of man hours at work. <laughs> Just watching Just the watching stupid this camera. I know. Stupid but, camera. But I'll be honest with it's you, bro. Cool. It's a brilliant idea. It's cool. It really is. It's cool. And I mean, you can check in right now and see the bulldozer sleeping if you want. Uh, It's 24-7, baby. It is 24-7. Yeah. It is 24-7. You see the cars going by on the Cross Island. Yeah. I'm I'm excited, man. I really am. You know, it it looked like a great event yesterday for season ticket holders. They had uh, everyone came down. They gave a little package out. They gave you a helmet. They gave you a Belmont hat. They gave you a little jar to fill up your dirt with. I really wanted one of those jars of dirt. Now I had a friend that went, and I'm hoping I'm hoping he was able to pull some strings and get an additional jar of dirt. People have it. Gonna see. Otherwise, people have it on eBay. My Twitter. I know. Buy it on eBay. I'm I'm not paying 150 dollars for a jar of dirt. The whole pack is on eBay with the dirt in the thing, no less. No, I saw the dirt, the hard hat, the bag. I mean, somebody will. Somebody will do it. Oh no question! I'm not going to be that guy. No, me either. I'm but, not going to uh, be but that it's, guy. But it's it's a it's it's an ingenious idea to to go there hey, and, and put it on eBay. Why, so why, good for I, you. Look, if you got an opportunity to profit off some a jar of dirt, <laughs> God bless. Go for it. Good Enjoy for you. yourself. Absolutely. But it's it's a great thing, bro. I it's it, you 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 hit the nail on the head. The, the the renderings of the building are absolutely gorgeous. It looks I mean, beautiful. It really you does. Know, and inside, outside. And even the, the I don't know if you saw like the write up on the small details and apparently and, and I might be butchering the line, you know, uh, exactly. But something about the most bathrooms per guest in any arena in the yeah. country or something silly like that. Like, it had to be. You had I to mean, do that. Even if it's one. Well, it's important it's to eye on the fans because that's been like one of the biggest gripes about the Coliseum for the past 20 years. So You haven't lived until you went out to the Coliseum and you had to go out into the smoking section, into that trailer. Oh, yeah, And go outside. and use I've the bathroom it. out there. I've, I've done, done it a million times. Playoff time. Everybody's million going times. out there. Exactly. 
All right, well, Tony, that went quick. We got a break because Christian Arnold from Isles Inside is going to be joining us in a few minutes. So, folks, once again, really appreciate you coming back for the new season. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Christian Arnold will be with us from Isles Insight. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York at HockeyNightNY.com, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large from our studios right here on Long Island, hosted by Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Tune in weekly during the season Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time for insights on the team, great special guests, and commentary on all the happenings around the league. If you happen to miss us live, all shows can be streamed or downloaded 24 hours a day, seven days a week at the same address, HockeyNightNY.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, where you can subscribe and never miss a show, no matter what your preferred platform. Question for the guys? Comments? Interested in the sponsorship? Please contact us at HockeyNightNewYork at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. We appreciate all the support, and as always, let's go Islanders. Love repping your favorite Long Island hockey team? Can't get enough orange and blue swag? Look no further than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. Visit YesMenOutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and yes, even pajamas. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting YesMenOutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code HockeyNightNY for 10% off your order. That's YesMenOutfitters.com. What's going on, Sean? How you doing? I am doing well. Thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you so much for joining to kick off the regular season. Well, I really only joined to talk to Tony, but since you're here, Sean. Yes, yes, of course. Get it out of the way. Hi, Chris. I, I was expecting that. Uh, before I, I want to, I also want to mention to Tony. Um, Tony, you do realize there's another Cuthbert brother, and I, I listened to their podcast the other day. Uh, Go Rangers Radio, I think it's called. Uh-huh. Tremendous performance by uh, Paul Cuthbert. Why don't you get him to do the show with you? He's so much better than Sean. Well, wow. I, I mean, I'm not I sure. Mean, I'm not sure if you're aware. A lot but... of bullets flying right out of the gate here. <laughs> Paul Cuthbert is actually a, a, a Ranger guy, and I think honestly, and and just but you, know, you want talking that... about you and and, and and you know talking about my partner here. Going, I think I got the better so of much the two better. Cuthberts. Oh, Tony, that's very sweet. Well, Christian, now that we got the, that. the trash talking that, out of the way, let's, let's <laughs> talk about the Islanders. Let's talk about what's going on. Now, you had the privilege of being at camp. You got to catch the preseason games. Uh, I believe you were at the Belmont ceremony yesterday. Let's start with the Belmont ceremony. Tony and I were just talking about it. So real quick, just 
maybe give us a rundown of what happened yesterday. Anything interesting, anything that you might have seen that any fans that didn't make it out to the event might have missed out on experiencing. Maybe we can just start there. Sure. I mean, the Belmont ceremony, the groundbreaking for the, with the governor and everything was on Monday. Um, Saturday, the, Saturday, the Islanders had a, a season ticket holder event where the fans could go down. They, you know, they got some dirt from Belmont. Um, I mean, it was really kind of your dog and pony show kind of experience both days, I'm sure. Um, I know Monday was, as Tony, I'm sure, remembers from some of these events, it was kind of the same thing. The politicians were out uh, getting on the back, um, you know, Islanders ownership out there, touting how, how excited they are for this. And it really was, in fairness, it was a very momentous occasion for the, for the Islanders organization who, like I said, you know, we've all kind of been to a number of these events and we've all kind of seen them come and go. This one is the first one where you're really like, wow, this is, this is really happening. This, the Islanders are really getting a new arena this, the first, this time around. So, I mean, that was kind of the big takeaway was that this is not just, you know, the lighthouse project where some politicians come out and say, hey, like, we want this to happen, or this isn't the referendum where, you know, you had people come down and say, hey, we want this to happen. This was shovels in the ground. This is, you know, construction actually happening. And this is the Islanders' future right there in front of you. Um, so it certainly was a momentous occasion for the Islanders organization, for the fan base. And I mean, that's, that's really, I'm sure what those, the Monday obviously was about and, and yesterday for the season ticket holders was about, it was about a day where those, those people who have stuck with this organization through thick and thin and have followed the Islanders their entire lives really got a chance to breath and enjoy the moment where the Islanders are finally getting something that, um, you know, they deserve, the fan base deserve, which is a brand new arena, which is something they've been fighting for since, uh, you know, long before I even started covering the team, you can look back to the 90s or mid-90s when this really became an issue when people knew this was coming. So, I mean, that's really what those two days were about. It was really about the fans, if anything, in the organization finally getting something that they need to be stable and to, to, to give them hope for the future, which is, you know, a brand-new arena and obviously a team that's run by uh, two very competent people in Lou Lamorell and, and, and Barry Trotz. No doubt about it, Chris. And now let's move on to the players in the ice. Let's talk about training camp. About two weeks ago, we had Andrew Gross of Newsday on. Uh, he was there just for the beginning of camp. He caught the rookie game. We asked him his early impressions. Now the camp is over. The preseason is over. Let's talk about what you saw out there and, you know, where this might lead going into the final roster cuts and the team ahead. So just um, just real, we'll start real quick with just a broad, I suppose, observation that you had at training camp, what you, what you took out of it, what might have stood out, good or bad, maybe some players that made good impressions, perhaps bad impressions. And I guess where where you see the team heading into the uh, the regular season here. I mean, I think what you get. I don't expect much change. I think some of the bigger surprises, obviously, Simon Holmstrom still being here in camp. Um, you know, Oliver Wallstrom didn't play the other night, but he played in the in the Bridgeport Bridgeport game before, which they had a preseason game, which would indicate he's likely going to be a guy who starts in. Um, with the AHL franchise, uh, obviously, everyone's talking about no adoption. It's, it's, was the big story going into Saturday night in Bridgeport. It was the big story coming out of Saturday night in Bridgeport. Um, you know, I think you look at some of the other players, Jordan Eberle, I think has absolutely picked up where he left off in the playoffs last year. He's been uh, on fire most of the, most of the preseason. Uh, Matt Barzell has shown that he's still, you know, a pretty good hockey player and he's got a pretty good future in this game. Um, the power play got a lot of work the other night, which was a, which was a big storyline coming out of the preseason game against the Rangers. It was such a sloppy game. But on the flip side, the Islanders special team certainly got their fair share of opportunities to, to get some work in both the power play and the penalty kill. The penalty kill looked really good last night. Um, not that the Rangers really gave them much to, to really have to defend against. 
but the power play got two goals, which is something you'd like to see going into the, into the regular season, especially since it's always a topic of conversation uh, heading into the season and during the season, especially with the Islanders the last couple of years where it hasn't been great, <laughs> uh, especially in big time spots, but um, you like to see them getting, you know, a couple of good opportunities. You'd like to see them putting a couple of goals back in the net uh, on the power play. So that was good. Barry Trotz and Matt Barzell may have differed a little bit on how, just how good that was. Barzell was very confident that it was a sign that the power play was, was really starting to roll and getting on fire. And, and Barry Trotz maybe had a little bit more of a reserved kind of approach. He was happy that the Islanders got a couple goals, but you know, he wasn't ready to go as far as, as far as he did before, uh, after the game about how hot the power play really was. But it was good to see them and the big takeaways from the other night preseason game. Um, I mean, I think that's really kind of the big keys you're, you're coming away with. And obviously, like I said, everyone's talking about Noah Dobson. That's the big storyline. That's the big question mark. The biggest question mark coming out of uh, training camp is, is, is Dobson going to end up playing in, in the uh, NHL for at least nine games or is he going to head back to juniors, and which is something we still haven't really figured out. Right, for sure, and, and you, you led me in perfectly because that's exactly who I wanted to talk about. So we got, a, we got a quote out of Barry Trotz who said, essentially, they didn't need another game. They didn't need to see him another game to make up their mind. Apparently, that's already made up. So is there any sort of, I suppose, I don't know, hint that you got or any sort of feeling where you may see this going? Do you think this is a guy who, by the time we get to October 4th, you know, whether he's in the starting lineup or not, do you think he's going to be up on that 23-man roster when this stuff starts, or do you think they're going to send him back? I mean, trying to read between the lines, and, and one of the things he did say was that um, he mentioned that, you know, from a junior standpoint, Noah Dobson has done a lot, and he's not really sure it benefits him going back to juniors, which would, at the very least, if you're trying to, guess what's going on in Barry Trotz's head that in, that would indicate from his standpoint, at the very least that he wants or will give Dobson a shot, at least for nine games in the NHL and see how it plays out. Now, whether that actually happens or not, it's, it's tough to say. It's, it's really hard to try and get in the mind of, of Barry Trotz and Lamorell. I think one of the stories that they always go back to or Barry Trotz always goes back to is the one last year when he wanted Devontae's on the Islanders roster right out of camp. Um, and Barry and Lou Lamarill kind of nixed that. And what happened, uh, Taze goes back down to Bridgeport. He has a great season down there, comes up, and he just dominates with the Islanders. So uh, it, from, I guess, the indication you want to take away from, from Barry Trotz's words, it seems like maybe he wants Noah Dobson there. Whether he ends up there is still hard to say because it's a conversation between he, him and Lou Lamarill. And ultimately, that's a decision that Lou Lamarill makes, whether – Dawson goes back to juniors or not. So it's, it's such a tough, tough call to make. I think if you, if I was a betting man, I would say Dobson at least gets nine games. If you put a, you know, if I was forced to make a a guess of what happens, but it's still kind of up in the air. I think he deserves it. I think he's had a a pretty good training camp. I think he's had a pretty good preseason. He hasn't looked out of place. He's looked like he's deserved a shot. And it ultimately comes down to um, trying to figure out this, this kind of silly rule that the NHL and the AHL has and juniors have where they can't send an, uh, you know, a kid his age, a 19 year old down to the AHL where, which would make so much more sense if you were no adoption to go play uh, in the AHL and be able to play at that level instead of being forced to go back to juniors where it's kind of a crapshoot, whether or not it's really a benefit. Is, is he, he's going to go down there and dominate obviously, but is he really growing as a player? Is he really growing in his game? So that's the big question that, that Lou Lamorella and Barry Trock kind of have to navigate as they make this decision heading into uh, October 4th. 
Right on, Christian. And uh, there's a couple of other, obviously, um, big names that they have to make some decisions on. You, you mentioned Wallstrom, who played with Bridgeport and, and seems to be ticketed to go back there. Uh, Simon Holstrom has come in and, and, and really has opened some eyes, not just among the coaching staff and from the front office, but from his own teammates. Uh, some of the veterans had some really interesting things to say about him and his game and uh, how he quietly goes about his business. Uh, and then you have the two guys who have been kind of, you know, hanging around all of this time, and it's MDC, Michael Dalcole, and Joshua Hosang. You know, with Kuhnhockel and with um, uh, uh, having to go, you know, possibly having to go through waivers, Ross Johnson, who you saw had a big fight against Michael Haley last night. So how do you see this all, you know, is it going to be the path of leaf resistance and keeping the guys who don't have to go through waivers and just farming everybody else out? Or, you know, can we see some changes here? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. I mean, on that note, too, the night and, and Barry Trotz kind of went out of his way to, to recognize the play of Michael Dalcole, who obviously had a goal uh, in that game against the Rangers and Ross Johnson, as you mentioned, at, at the fight. Um, but he way to kind of to commend the play that they had in that game. And obviously, Ross Johnson is, um, you know, he's that fourth-line kind of guy, and it's interesting to see him get so much uh, commendation from Barry Trotz and Michael Dalcole, who has kind of had such a interesting career with the Islanders organization to see him getting a lot of credit too. Um, it, it's an interesting case. Obviously, you, you didn't mention Josh Hosek too. He's still technically up with the Islanders, but didn't play the game. Um, there's a lot of question marks on what this roster looks like. I think at the end of the day, you probably go with the path of least resistance just because um, you don't want to risk losing some guys if you if you genuinely think they're going to be beneficial to the organization. Um, but it, it is a certainly an interesting question that the Islanders have. And it's a good question. If you're the Islanders, you want to have guys make this decision tough. Okay. Um, really make you think about the decision you have to make. And Michael Dalcole and Ross Johnson have done that, which is which is an interesting thing to say. Um, Holmstrom, who uh, you know, missed a couple of days of training camp and, and, and rookie camp, coming out and having a pretty good preseason is, is a great thing if you're, if you're Lamarell and Barry Trotz. I mean, the Islanders organization is in a pretty good spot if that's the conversation we're having. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. And, you know, it's a good thing to have, obviously, because, you know, the more that these guys have been able to show that they're going to what they what they can do, it's you know, it, it puts them in a better position, you know, moving forward. Um, if you uh, the, the big change in this team uh, is the change in goal. And that's from Robin Leonard to Sermi, uh, Semyon Varlamov. We've seen uh, Varlamov play uh, a bunch in this preseason. He's looked sharp every time he's on the ice. What have you been seeing uh, and how has he uh, been assimilating himself in the locker room? As well, um, he, the games he's been in, he's he's done pretty well. He's put up some good performances. I, I, again, going back to the game against the Rangers, the most recent performance, um, you know, he had a very good outing. He had a couple good stops early in the game on the Rangers, who who were off to a much better start than the Islanders in that in that preseason game in Bridgeport last night. And uh, I, I think he's meshed well. I, I think obviously it, it benefits him from working with uh, you know Mitch Corn and Tending staff, which is. Obviously, the blunders were Robert Leonard last year. So, um, if you're a believer in what what the Islanders' goaltending staff has done, I think that even losing Leonard and, and bringing in Varlamov, uh, you know, you expect not much of a difference because those guys have done wonders with so many goaltenders in this league, and you kind of expect the same with Varlamov. And I think he's he's kind of assimilated himself well with the with the uh, with the team out there on the ice, and I think that. Um, you know, it's tough. I think if you're being honest with yourself, you're never going to replicate what, what Robin Leonard did last season. I think that was something 
in my own opinion, that was something that was so hard to replicate that he was going to have the same stellar year that he did. Um, you know, same with Grice, but I think with Varlamov and Nana, I think with the goaltending coaches they have in the organization, I think that at least heading into the season, it seems like they're in a pretty good spot. I, I don't expect much of a dip. Something that I'm kind of surprised to hear myself say, because when they let Leonard go and you bring in Varlamov, my expectation at that point was, wow, maybe that wasn't the right move. You know, you kind of go with the goaltender, you know, not the unknown. And at least you know what you're getting with Robin Leonard. With Varlamov, it could go one way. It could go really well. It could go really bad. But I think that after seeing him in a couple of preseason games, I think that they're not, they've put themselves in a pretty good spot and they're not going to really see too much, a dip, too much of a dip out of uh, their goaltending. I agree. And, and, you know, the thing that kind of opened our eyes here that we talked about uh, over the summer and even uh, into, our, into the first show with Andrew is that the coaching staff, the goalie coaching staff, was, was extremely excited and really wanted to work with Varlamov that they had even spoken about it last season, uh, last July, you know, possibly right. about a trade. So, I mean, that's got to be eye-opening right there. If these guys who did such a great job with Thomas Grice and have done, you know, Mitch Korn has had, you know, how many – you know, guys who, you know, either won Vezinas or, you know, Stanley Cups or Hall of Famers, even in Dominic Hasek. And if these guys are as excited as they are to work with him, there's something there, no? Oh, 100%. And I think, like earlier I was saying, if you believe in the, in the goaltending staff that the Islanders have, then you have to imagine that they, like you, like you mentioned, they wanted Varlon for a while. And if they wanted him for that long, there has to be something there. There has to be something that they're seeing that we're, we as media members, we our fans are not seeing with our own eyes. But there's something special there that, that we're just not contemplating. And I think that you've kind of sort of seen that through throughout preseason a little bit. You've seen him step up and make a couple tough saves, and I think you've seen him assimilate well, and I think he's responding well to the coaching staff that the Islanders have as far as their, their goaltending staff. So I think that they're in a, in a pretty good spot. And like I said, I'm kind of surprised that I'm saying that myself, considering I was a little more pessimistic from Leonard to, to Varlamov. So I think they're in a good spot. And I, like, like you said, there has to be something there that if they wanted to work with him, that there's something special that we're just not seeing. For sure, Christian. That seems like a, like a no-brainer just because of you know how glowingly they spoke of him before they even got him. And the last guy I want to talk to you about before we let you go is uh, a guy named Anthony Bavillier. So you have, you know, you, the first line is set. And it seems like the big question mark for this team is the middle six, more or less the third line. But even still, we, the Islanders need somebody to step up to take that second line left wing spot. And right now it looks like it's probably Bavillier's spot for the taking. So taking in what you saw throughout the preseason, throughout training camp, do you think this is a guy who looks like he's ready to step into that role and maybe finally mature into that top six player that everybody thinks he is? Or do you think there's some more growing pains along the way? Um, I, I mean, I think we've seen so much develop. I guess you would like to think that there is that this is a slot that he he finds his game. He he takes it as his own, and this is an opportunity he he really grasps on. Um, I, I think you kind of saw it during the playoffs and part of the regular season last year where he really kind of came into his own, and um, there were other parts where he, you know he kind of disappeared and he struggled. So, uh, if I was a betting man. It's, it's a tough case to say. I think preseason is such a, a considering how many line changes and how many different pairings and um, lines that, that Barry Trotz was, was kind of testing out through parts of the preseason and then kind of moved towards his regulars as we got later on in, in the preseason schedule. But 
Um, you know, I like the I like the game that Buffalo LA plays. I like the way he he's he's been out there, and I I, I think that he'll. If that's the case, if that's the situation he's going to be in, I think that's where he's going to step into it, and I think he's going to shine. I, I, I want to see him, um, you know, kind of take that next step and really take that take that position as his own, and and really match him on in that second line with. He's going to take that next step. I think that, um, you know, he's been in this league a couple of years now, and I think you've kind of seen some of those growing pains throughout the last couple of years. I think he's kind of maneuvered his way, to them, and I. I can envision him being, you know, a big part of that second line going forward. And if that's the spot, I think he'll he'll step up step up to the uh, to the challenge. And he'll 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 take it by points and run with it. Well, unless some surprise change is made between now and Friday, it looks like that's what the Islanders are kind of just crossing their fingers and hoping is going to happen, as well as the fans. But Christian, this went fast. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you joining us as always. And, and hey, man, thanks so much for plugging my brother's new Ranger show. That was really sweet of you. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to appreciate the the kind words that you had for him, and and I I appreciate you putting up with me, uh, so that you could speak to Tony and coming on the show. So thanks so much, man. Hope you enjoy the rest of your night, and we'll definitely be talking to you soon. All right. Of course, it's always a pleasure being on with you, Tony. Take my word to advice. There's another Cuthbert out there that does a tremendous job on the other side of the mic. Just think about it, Tony. Just think about it. Thanks, buddy. Christian I appreciate you always, Arnold, folks. Christian Arnold. Appreciate you as always, bro. <laughs> All right, folks. Big of course, of course. All right. <laughs> Take care, Christian. Thanks a lot. See you, buddy. All right, folks. The managing editor of Isles Insight, Mr. Christian Arnold. Always a good laugh having him on the show. As you can see, there's some some harsh banter. He back loves and you. Forth. He loves you. Oh, it's it's there's a mutual respect there. We just like to have a little fun. I mean, if you happen to be at Boss Croakers or listen to that show, I mean, that was just the digs just wouldn't would it was, stop. It was it getting was, a little uh, out of control. It was spectacular. It was fun. It was fun. So appreciate Christian coming on, and I feel like that that went really fast. There was a lot of stuff I wanted to cover with him that we just did not get to. So Tony, it looks like you and I are just gonna have to talk about it instead. Oh, all right. That's why it, we're it, here. Yeah, all right, we'll do, we could do that. You okay with that? Yeah, okay. All right, so the show rolls on. So we touched a little bit on Dobson. We touched a little bit on Hosang. One day that saga will end. I don't know. I mean, l- all right, let's let's. I think that day's coming, buddy. It's gotta be right. It's gotta be. Well, we've been saying it for two years, so I mean, I you know. know, I know, but I feel like we're we're in the final chapter here. <laughs> I think so. I think so. All right. So just to get that out of the way. He didn't play against the Rangers. I don't know if that's an indication that, you know, that means he's done. They're sending him. They're going to wave him and send him down, try to deal him. I don't know if there's a deal there. But the thinking was going into the game last night against the Rangers that they were more or less looking to put out what they plan on putting out on Friday, mm-hmm. give or take. Uh, well, I don't Not know. Not 100%. It wasn't a forward lines, I don't think. It was that more they just were. the D. It was the D, I think, that okay. they said that. That's gonna, but Barry said that that was going to be his opening night D. So, I mean, okay. look, could that be that Johnny Boychuk was going to be, you know, was going was gonna to be opening night, he was going to have his name called at the Coliseum, all that kind of stuff, mm. and, you know, he's going to split time? Because, look, if Noah Dobson is here, until they're 100% on him 
and they're going to be able to give him, you know, the ice time that they want to give him, and he's going to grow into that role uh, in in regular season NHL games, mm -hmm. then uh, he's going to split time with Johnny Boychuk. So I think that's a given. I think the only indicator from from Saturday night is that Tomasicki has is 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 not going to be with the in you know in the plans moving forward. Right, and that's something we're we're going to discuss a little bit at length later on. But just to keep it with with Hosang and and guys like Dobson and some of the younger guys. I don't think Hosang is going to get sent to waivers before Friday. I think he's going to stay up with the squad. Now, that's mm -hmm. going to mean there are going to be some kind of decisions that need to be made because you have this logjam of players right now. Now, let's just we'll look at the lineup, right? You got the first lines locked in. You got Lee, Barzell, and Everly. Then, at least for now, it looks like you got Bavillier, Nelson, and Bailey as the second line. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, this is where the question mark comes in is that third line. You got Broussard, assuming that his illness is over by Friday, whatever mm -hmm. is going on with him. Right. Komarov's going to be on the right side. To many fans' chagrin, he's going to be there. He's a penalty killer. They like his intangibles. Whether people give a crap about that or not, it's happening. So just get used to it, at least for now. Right. And then you got that left side. I mean, Komarov could play either side. So, in theory, you could throw Hosang on the right and flip-flop Komarov. Or you throw Dalcol on the left side, which I right. think is what they're going to do, at least to start. So let's assume that they do that, okay? You got Hosang there. You have Fritz. You have Kunakel. You have Johnston. All these guys that are extras, and all of them have to pass through waivers to go down to the bridge. I don't think Johnston's going to be a problem because of his contract. I don't think we care whether Fritz gets claimed or not. No, no disrespect to Fritz, mm -hmm. but the team is deep enough where if the guy gets claimed, I don't think it's going to cripple the franchise. Kunakal, the guy, is a guy that they like. He's a veteran. I think he makes he, it through anyway. He has anyway, plenty of experience. I think he's a guy that could make it through too. And just because of the and and it's you can argue, but because of the value a guy like Josh Hosang has, if he's put it together, or if the team feels he has put it together, if if they feel he still can. Then I don't think he he's a guy that they're gonna be quick to send through waivers right now. I think they're gonna keep him up, and I don't I don't necessarily think that that means he's gonna play on Friday, but I think he's gonna be up with the team. I think he's gonna be wearing a suit in the press box, and I think Dal Cole is gonna gonna open up on Friday on that left wing on the third line. Now we'll have a better idea of that in the coming days. Arthur Staples said today that they're waiting till tomorrow to make their waiver move, so everybody keep an eye on that because that's obviously gonna be very interesting. Because that's going to trickle down to the defense as well. Mm -hmm. Because as already mentioned, we talked about Hickey, we talked about Boychuk, we talked about Dobson. Those seem to be the three guys that are going to be most affected by the decisions tomorrow. It seems like everybody else, including Mayfield, they're in a good spot. Mayfield's going to play next to Taves. You got Pelican and Pollock. Letty's going to play with somebody, whether it's Boychuk or Dobson. Right, it's going to be one or the other. So now you have to consider 23 fellows on this roster. The two goaltenders... You got the 12 forwards, you got the six defensemen, that's 20 right there. So you have three spots. Now, you can go 8D, but that, you know, takes a spot away from the forward, and vice versa. So if they want to keep, let's say, Kunakl and Hosang, then yeah, they're going to have to get rid of somebody like Hickey in order to make that number. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they get rid of Hickey. I think Hickey is moved in a trade. Uh, if, well, well when I say tomorrow. get rid of, I, I include a potential trade as, as well, an that, option. Yeah, and that's going to have to happen, I guess. I think that one of the rosters have to be finalized by, what, Tuesday? I Honestly, I don't know. 
It's either tomorrow or Tuesday because the first game is games Wednesday. Are one, oh, so then it has so to. So it's got to be either tomorrow at, or Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, they late is be, Tuesday. They got to sure. be either com- they got to either be cap compliant or, and the roster has to be set. Now, the only question that I have is that I, I don't remember and I, I don't remember this part because Dobson is technically on his nine game trial. Right? Does he count as a roster spot? I, yeah, I would have to think so. Does it? Yeah, absolutely, because okay. he's still a physical player on the. He's a no. name on the roster. No, I know, but I didn't know if if there was like a gray area with the no. uh, with the nine game. No, uh, no, it has nothing to do with the twenty three. I mean, well, otherwise you can keep up how many, however many guys from juniors you want, right? I'm thinking that I'm thinking this is what's going to end up happening. I think they're going to end up moving Hickey because I mean it, the, the writing has been on the wall for that for pretty much the whole year. I you know for the whole summer, especially with the fact of the way Dobson ended up his season. The way that they talked about him coming out of rookie camp, and then the way he played basically the entire preseason, they've done. He's done everything that they've asked. He's he looks he looks NHL ready, and to send him back, I think, for another ju- season of junior where he can't play in the AHL, it's not going to. I don't think I don't think it does anything for his development. I think that he has done everything that he possibly can. He's accomplished everything that you possibly can in junior, and the next step would be would be to play some AHL games the way Devon Taves did last year right. just to get you know just to get it under his belt right. because he doesn't have that that ability they have to bring him up so uh, it's either going to be is do they think he's NHL ready i think we've all seen that he's that he's pretty NHL ready Okay, he does not look. He doesn't look rattled out there. He's. It's not that he doesn't have. He's not of size. He doesn't have the strength. He's got everything. So I. I think he makes the team no matter what. I agree. I think they move Hickey because they have enough pieces that if something happens injury wise, they have someone they can bring into the lineup. I. I really think this is going to come down to the three forwards, and I think that Del Cole is going to stay, like you said, because he's the most likely not to make it through waivers. I don't think Josh Osang would make it through waivers either. I think that because of the camp he's had, I'm not talking about him having a spectacular yeah, camp. Yeah, he hasn't play. Lit, lit the ice on fire. That's or anything, not what I'm saying. But he's come into camp. He has said the right things. He has kept his mouth shut. He has done what the coaching has staff has asked. Weirdly said the right things, but yes. Yes, but <laughs> but he has said all the right things. Even when they asked him, no, do I you mean, think like he did? Did you? He asked him. Someone asked him, "Do you think you've done enough to make the team?" And he turned and he goes, "That's a loaded question." And then proceeded to answer it correctly, well, right. which is really where it kind of would have well, gone off the rails. For him it gets in years weird past. for me when there was, I think it was an interview prior to that, maybe a couple of days before, or what have you. But they asked him, or yeah, they asked him about the, the basically the team's you know structure and, and team play and, and defense, and and he says, "Oh, I don't think about defense," and I'm just like, "Well." It, <laughs> You might not want. You might want to keep that to yourself. No, but you know what though? <laughs> you know? Honestly, if I you, mean, he kind of. He, yes, he he kind of saved himself after the fact. He he said he's come to appreciate the philosophy and the team defense and why the and coaching the staff coach, wants exactly. to play defense. Yes, but and needs him to do so. But the the, the start of that was, quote was was not good. Yeah, but you know what? Honestly, bro, if you you look at when he from when he's like fourteen years old to when he got out of you know when he came out of juniors and went to the AHL, they never they never asked asked him to play defense. Okay, it was always he was just an offensive player. They, they didn't, they didn't out ask there. anybody to play defense. What do you mean? <laughs> What do you mean? I'm just saying. Well, I'm talking about the Islanders didn't ask anybody. To no, play that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. I'm talking about when he played in junior. Oh, gotcha. They just that. sent him out there to score. Yeah. That was his whole. That was his whole. Yes. So that's right, the thing. Right, right. So yes, he was. Look, 
we've all we've all known, okay, that that Josh is a very. Yeah, but we're also at the point where written, th- there's you know, no more making excuses the for this kid. No, there's not. Yeah. But he's but you can't argue with with what he said and what he's done. You know, he's play, You've seen him make defensive plays. Is he still giving the puck up when he's uh, when he's on the power play? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, he has absolutely, but yeah. the defensive things, the things that he's been doing in the past that have gotten him sent down mm. or gotten him in trouble, hanging on to the puck too long, staying on the ice too long, not getting back on defense, are things that he went out of his fundamental, way. It's fundamental professional thing. hockey items. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, stuff that he really shouldn't have been doing in the first place. But yes, go on. Yes, but he was out of his way to make sure that all of those those boxes were checked come this training camp. He's kept his mouth shut. He has not made any type of, you know, uh, I want to, you know, ridiculous statements or anything like that. He's been what they've the asked him to do. The bar is so low for this guy. It is because he's so freaking talented. That's why. Right. It's uh, he's so talented. So look, they can use his speed. They can use his offense on in, on his team flat flat out. They can use it. Yeah, and that's, that's probably why they've been giving him every opportunity to make this team. And I don't blame them. And, look, we all want him to succeed. We all want him to do well. It's just that this has got to be it. I mean, are we going to be talking about this guy when he's 28 still trying to crack training camp? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's got to be. Somebody's going to. It wouldn't be here, though. Yeah, I guess so. Or you can go, overseas, go play. Right, well, you look, can go play with Kirill well, Kabanov over, well, overseas. So now, I don't want to turn this guy. into the Josh, Ho- Josh Hosang hour, but, you know, put yourself in his shoes. If he doesn't make this team out of camp. Let's say, just for argument's sake, they put him through waivers and he gets through. Do you think he even wants to be in this organization anymore? I mean, wouldn't you you put yourself in his shoes? Wouldn't you want a change of scenery at that point? Yeah, but you don't have a choice. And that's, no, of course not. And and that's not even me saying it would be the fault of the team or the organization. Look, he's he's in, in that position and it's probably his own fault. But in his own mind, I feel like if he gets sent down, like, he's just gonna be like, look, I mean, it's been long enough. It's not working out with this team. It's time. It's time to move on. Yeah, I mean, I could know. he do that? Yeah, that's absolutely. Just, that's but that's only going to make him look. If, if he's got to look at it, if he gets sent down and he does, and he clears through waivers, that means that tw- what tw- thirty NHL teams could have had him for free. Right, and chose not I to feel, pick yeah. him up. And so I feel like somebody at the bottom of the league would take a. Flyer someone would take a flyer on him. Yeah. There's no question. But the point is, is and that's that why if, he'll stay. Well, <laughs> for now, the point is, is that I think he's staying no matter what. I don't, I don't think they're going to put him through. I think he's done enough to to earn the spot on the opening night. You know, roster now maybe not on the on the ice, but uh. to earn the you know make the team out of camp and then see where it goes from there. I mean. This is the second regime that has given him every opportunity to do what he needs to do. He just needs to continue to do what he's doing, keep his head down, continue to work, and get yourself into the lineup. And then show what you can do when you get in. Yeah, no question. Now, let's talk about another bright spot in camp, and that's Oliver Wallstrom. He's opened some eyes, I believe, in this camp. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that it came out of nowhere. I mean, obviously, he was a highly touted first-round pick. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if there was going to be this much chatter about about him this training camp. I kind of thought he would come in, maybe just maybe not uh, wow anybody, and then just you know go back to Bridgeport, and that's the end of the day. But it seems like he opened enough eyes where there might have even been some consideration to keep him around, you know, a little bit. Sure. But look, they ha- they you know unlike Dobson, they have the op- the option to send him down to Bridgeport, and as Christian already indicated in his in his spot that they gave him the game against Hartford yesterday. So it looks like the writing's on the wall for him, and, mm-hmm. and it makes complete sense to me. Send him down, get him a little more experience down there. 
and he's probably going to be one of the first call-ups. You know, you put him next to a name like Otto Koivula, who we haven't even spoken about yet, and you figure that those are probably two guys that if and when, you know, some forwards start going down, and, you know, maybe they're looking for a little scoring or a little, you know, little change to the lineup, maybe they get a call-up. Now, granted, they may have to get through the the Fritzes and the Kunakles if they're still around, but, you know, you'd like to think that if somebody in that top six goes down, Maybe they take a chance on a guy like Wallstrom or a guy like Koivula before they go to a guy like Kunakel. We've, we've, I think we've seen enough of the Kunakel top six show, you know, from right. last year. I don't I think we need to see that. that anymore. Right. Uh, so he's just, he, look, he's I'm a hoping that Wallstrom showed this coaching staff enough that when it comes time to bring a forward up, when they might need some scoring, that you know maybe they they give a guy like Wallstrom a chance. You know, throw him on power play too, see what he can do. I think that you know? I, I obviously think that he's opened some eyes, and I think a lot of people didn't have a lot of expectation for him coming into camp because it was such a poor season in in uh, in college last year. But when he came into Bridgeport, he impressed. He impressed in the playoffs. He impressed in a couple of games he right. played at the end of the season. He he basically said, "Look, I didn't want to be in college. I wanted to. I wanted to play. I want to play hockey full time. I don't want to sit in a classroom. I don't want to be writing reports. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I I'm a hockey player, understand that. and I want to. And I want to play hockey. And that's and look. And it makes a it makes perfect sense. It was not a good situation there. Okay, the team was not. It was in a bad way. It was just terrible, uh, you know. So it he, it didn't work out for him. He, he opened some eyes when he came and played in the AHL last year, and I think that he has definitely cemented himself as one of the Islander top prospects coming into camp this year. You can see he hasn't scored a goal, but he has he is not afraid to shoot the puck. He is he's got a lethal shot. He's got an NHL quality goal scoring shot. His skating is not elite, but it is not average either he is he's able to hold his own he plays with a little bit of an edge he's not afraid to get him get mixed up in some things so i've I really liked what i've seen out of oliver wallstrom i do think that he's got he's gonna you're gonna see him in an eye on the uniform at some point this year but you know i think it's probably best that he goes back to the a plays a little bit more down there there's plenty of talent for him to play with down down uh, down at the bridge it's only a matter of time for oliver wallstrom no, I, I agree. And, you know, I thought maybe we wouldn't see him in an NHL sweater until next season. But, yeah, I mean, just given what I've said already, what you said, I think that he's got a chance of being a call-up before the season is over. You no, know, if, no if if the injury bug does come around. So, I mean, that's that's some good – I mean, look, you have some guys now that are kind of teetering on the brink here who who look like these are some good draft picks and that they're going to be part of this pipeline coming through, which is great. I mean, to have this consistent pipeline. I mean, there's some guys – on the flip side of that, maybe didn't show as much as you would have liked during training camp. One of those guys well, is Kiefer Bellows. Right, but before we get that, there's two guys that they signed out of college last year, college free, undrafted college free agents that really opened eyes. Right. And that's Mason Jobs, right. who is a bundle of energy. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, yeah he was if, fun to watch. If there's a problem with that third line and they decide to move Sezikis up and give somebody that fourth line position for a little bit, mm. I would love to see Mason Jobs in that spot. Can you imagine that line with Clutterbuck and Martin and him running around the ice? No. he Look, he looked good. He threw some points on the board through preseason, but you have to remember the preseason is kind of a mirage. You know, It is. Like, it is, but he you, you definitely have, with his intensity. throwing up throwing out various portions of their of their roster, of their camp rosters out there. You're really not getting a true feel. Guys aren't playing 100%. Maybe the guys vying for spots are, you know, but guys are trying to stay healthy. They don't want to get hurt in a preseason game. So take it for also, what it is. Yeah, but you it's, also have teams on the on the flip side. You also have teams with players out there that are just like this kid that are trying to open eyes, that yeah, are trying to no, make look, an impression. So. Of course, of course. I'm just saying, you know, 
like, and again, he's already an NHL caliber goalie, but I saw everybody speaking glowingly about Varlamov last night. And that's great. He did look good. Mm-hmm. And I, I expect him to play well this year. Right. I, I feel good about Varlamov being the Islander starting goalie this year. But at the same token, when I hear everybody ranting and raving about Varlamov against the Rangers at Bridgeport last night, it's like, okay, cool, but it's preseason, man. Right. No, you know, agreed. Let's, agreed. Let's, let's save the, the heavy praise for when the games count, when everybody's playing their top rosters, mm-hmm. you know, starting starting this week. So absolutely. Yeah. So but the other kid I want to talk about, Grant Hutton, was another guy it, who man. opened eyes uh, big time. Again, not uh, Arthur. Uh, Arthur Staple is just you want to talk about just unbelievable, you know, uh, unbelievable stuff that he's been doing. But he he does a a poll in the locker room about which young player opened the most eyes. Yes, and saw that. It was yes. really good because the three guys that garnered the most votes were. Um, was Simone Holstrom, which uh, everyone was scratching their head when they took them in. It took them in the first round last year, and yet comes into camp and has a real nice camp. Even misses a couple games, uh, a couple of pra- practice days early on because he took a shot off the foot before before he came over. Right. Uh, and the other two guys were Oliver Wallstrom. Jobs also got a couple of votes, and and Hutton, which is Hutton is a guy who has definitely shown that if there needs to be a call up from Bridgeport, he's going to be among the first guys who, who get that call. He's got a, a lethal shot, a heavy shot, accurate. Um, showed that he can skate. Showed that he can. You know, he's got some some size and some strength to him. I'm, I'm excited about these two guys who they who they who they they hey, basically got for nothing. It's last year. it's some nice free depth. It's some nice free depth, mm-hmm. and that's it's not something that the Islanders have o- always had, where you can not only go up and down the roster, and that doesn't mean it's loaded with superstars up top. Right. But the bottom line is you can go up and down that roster and you have NHL caliber players or you have guys that are knocking on the door that you, that can fill in and, and do at least an admirable job while one of your top guys is out. So right. it's 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 a great thing. I think Bridgeport's going to look real good in the AHL this year. I think mm-hmm, they're going to mm-hmm. be a formidable team, maybe towards the top of the league just because of all these guys we're talking about that are going to be down there. So... You know, system-wide, things are looking good. There's a lot of depth. There's a, there's a lot of things to feel good about. And just to touch on Holmstrom real quick, what I found interesting about him was, and Staple pointed this out, I think he did a, a piece singling him out. And, you know, when I saw that he was kind of sticking around, you know, past the middle of camp, I thought it was just because he got hurt. I thought, okay, they didn't get a good enough look at him yet. And, you know, they just want to see what he's got before they send him wherever he's got to go. But when Staple actually said no, no, they actually are impressed with this kid. They like what they see. And then, again, the the poll that you brought up, the fact that so many players on the squad mentioned him by name right. and said, yeah, he's turning heads. And this was a pick this summer that, you know, everybody was kind of a little wishy-washy on. You know, he wasn't mm-hmm. he obviously wasn't the guy that was slated to go at that spot. He already had some injury troubles to begin with that, you know, was kind of a red flag for some people. That's why he, he was expected to drop lower. But, you know, they did talk about the talent that he did have. So if if healthy, it looks like he may end up being a really good pick because they said if he had been healthy, he might have gone higher right. in the draft. Right. And so he fell down to this spot. The fact that he's turning heads, the fact that he's stuck as long as he did, I mean, he's clearly not going to make the squad, That's but there's nothing wrong with that. But the fact they're thinking of keeping him in North yes, America that's is, where I was going next. is huge, right. the fact that right. they think about keeping him here. And it looks like he wants to be here. Yes. So 18, 19 years old, he's going to get a chance to learn the North American game at a very, very young age. Mm-hmm. He's going to come up with these guys now, Wallstrom, Koivula, the guys we were just talking about. Right. So that's going to be 
uh, what's expected to be a successful Bridgeport team. So it's going to be nothing but a good experience for him. And, you know, maybe in two, three years when he's finally ready to challenge for a roster spot, this is another asset. I mean, you know, what, 6'1"? I think he's like 190 or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. he's got a decent frame. He's got good offensive instincts. Since the draft. Look at that. Yeah, so... Again, another guy who it looks like is eventually going to be filtered up through the system here that's that's going to help the squad out. So, you know, maybe you still you still want to see that top six added to, and we're going to get to that. I know that I have one very specific person tuning in tonight waiting for me to give Lou Lamarillo a hard time for not bringing a top six guy by now. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get to that later. But it, it, there's some promising stuff going on. And you know what? Forget about all the predictions out there. I mean, surprise, surprise. You got all these pundits now basically putting the Islanders where they put them last year with essentially the same roster. You change the goalie, you change your third-line center, and everybody's got the Islanders out of the playoffs again. But ignore the noise. That's all it is. This is this is a top-to-bottom good squad. We'll, we'll get further into that stuff too. But, yeah, there's, there's a lot of promise in the, in the young guys here. And, and tomorrow – and even Barry Trott said last season – in training camp, he said, my decisions were pretty easy. He said it was pretty cut and dry. Mm-hmm. He said this year, it was. he said tough. He said, I have a lot of tough decisions to make. So whether we're seeing it from afar, it's nice to hear that the head coach is saying to himself, wow, we got a lot of players here. There's some guys I could see you know, punching into this lineup, and I'm going to have some tough tough calls to make. Absolutely. So that means you got a lot of talent there in camp. That's that's great to hear. And that means the youth is the youth is coming. Right, right. Uh, so now I cut you off on on the on the players because I wanted to, to I wanted to touch on on Jobs and, and on and on Hutton. But uh, so you were talking now about players who maybe didn't didn't show enough in camp, and uh, and you started with Kiefer Bellows. That's correct. So yes, I agree with you one hundred percent. Okay, great. Um, if you read if if you read any type of scouting reports, or if you read any any type of draft analysts, or you know the, the you know the guys who who follow these prospects from the time that they're in juniors to the time they make it to the NHL, everyone has always said the same thing. Kiefer Bellows is a guy who has a tremendous work ethic. He's got a tremendous NHL caliber shot, but his skating is a problem. Yeah, and. It has not improved to the point where he is ready to play in the NHL. He had a great camp last year. He scored some big goals. He had a very disappointing last year, year in Bridgeport last season. Right. I think he had uh, he, you know, he played he turned it on a little bit in the playoffs. He had some some uh, some magic going with Oliver Wallstrom when uh, I think they both of them scored big goals in, in the series that they had last year. But but push comes to shove, Kiefer Bellows came to camp and he was behind a lot of these guys that we talked about that are in front of him. Um, you know the Michael Del Coles, the you know the guys who have fought their way and have produced at the AHL level, which Kiefer Bellows has yet to do. So, uh, yeah, it was a little disappointing to see Bellows farmed out as, as early as they as he was, especially the fact that he was drafted before these guys. He's had success in juniors. He had a really good training camp last year. He didn't sustain it during the season last year and didn't wasn't able to duplicate it this year. And now is m- behind. Most of these guys that we just had conversations yeah, about. Yeah, he's getting leapfrogged left and right. And yep. that's not to say that the jury is out on Kiefer Bellows. No, absolutely not. Look, because he's just put your head down, put the work in this year in Bridgeport, see what happens. I mean, unfortunately, yes, camp was disappointing, but it doesn't mean he can't bounce back. Look at no further than Michael Del Call. Exactly. We were writing that guy off not too long uh, ago. Writing? He was written off. He R- was yeah, done. He was that's a bust, fair. That's and fair that was to the say. end of that. Right. So, look – Players are going to have their trials and tribulations. They're going to have their ups and downs, and you just hope that they they get it together. Some do, some don't. So we'll we'll just keep hope alive with Keith Keith Bellows. 
But right now, folks, we're going to take a little break. We talked a lot about the youth here. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll start talking about the veterans on this team, what's going on with those guys. The show rolls on. Thank you for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York. Remember, you can also tune in, always tune in live at HockeyNightNY.com. Also for the archives, we're going to take that break. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York at HockeyNightNY.com, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large from our studios right here on Long Island, hosted by Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Tune in weekly during the season Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time for insights on the team, great special guests, and commentary on all the happenings around the league. If you happen to miss us live, all shows can be streamed or downloaded 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at the same address, HockeyNightNY.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, where you can subscribe and never miss a show, no matter what your preferred platform. Question for the guys? Comments? Interested in the sponsorship? Please contact us at HockeyNightNewYork at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. We appreciate all the support, and as always, let's go Islanders. Love repping your favorite Long Island hockey team? Can't get enough orange and blue swag? Look no further than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. Visit YesMenOutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and yes, even pajamas. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting YesMenOutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code HockeyNightNY for 10% off your order. That's YesMenOutfitters.com. I love ACDC. One of my favorite bands. Yes. And, uh, yeah. well, could you mix it guys. up a little bit, man? Two oh, songs already. I, all right. Could you mix it up? I'll mix it. Up. All right. I, listen, I, I just wanted to say before we can go any further. Sure. Uh, I love. I absolutely love the, the intro track, man. That is some special shit, man. That, that is, is beautiful. Is I love it. Some special love, shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm very happy. Oh, why not? That's I'm glad you are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I dig it, man. That's uh, you know, look, it's a new season. We got a new hosting site. We got a new intro. Get used to it. That's what we're going to be doing. Hope you folks enjoyed. You can let us know if you do or you don't. But that's uh, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. Look, we're trying to look. We're always trying to come up with ways to improve the show. We hope that uh, our, our first foray into this this new hosting site has uh, has been good for everyone. Hopefully, everybody is getting a good listen out of this. You can let us know. We will, of course, try to uh, make any proper adjustments that we may need to do. But here we are. Here we are. New things. And we're going to have more new stuff coming down the pipe. We've got some ideas got brewing some behind the scenes. Really fun. Real fun stuff, man. Yeah, really so fun stuff. So that'll come out over the course of the season. 
you know, like I said, we got some of those on location stuff that we're going on. We'll, we'll probably have a better idea of some more dates. Very, very possibly as of next show when we come back on. on Could be. Yeah, so Could we be. might have some more stuff to announce then, but a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. This is only day one for the regular season, so a lot of fun stuff coming on. So, Tony, let's continue. Let's pick this up. Let's talk about some of the mainstays on this team, just some of the stuff we've seen in preseason and training camp. Just a couple of notes on these guys. You got Broussard, who who is ill. We talked about that before. Uh, I'm he's looked good, by the way. He has. He, he, he potted a couple of goals. Yep. He, he looks like he's fitting in on this squad. Mm-hmm. And again, you take preseason with a grain of salt, but I'm looking forward to seeing him be that pivot on the third line. Let's see what he can do. Mm-hmm. Let's see what he can do. You might want to have a little more firepower next to him other than Komarov, but let's just see what he can do. Let's see what he can do with Dal Kohler, Hosang next to him. I'm looking forward to it. And I think he's going to be capable of filling Philippe Lachou's, albeit perhaps in a, a bit of a different manner. They're going to have to penalty kill by committee here. You know, Philippe had one of those spots. We've talked about that before on the show after he left the team. But I'm looking forward to seeing Broussard. Another guy I want to talk about real quick. Oh, you the, had a note on that? I just, I just wanted to, just sure. a quick thing on Comrade because people kill him, uh, you know, for, <laughs> yes, for him do. last year. Yes. And, and, you know, and honestly, he was on a line with a guy. Phil Pilo scored some really big goals. He did some some really good things on the power, on the penalty kill. But, you know, Phil Pilo's numbers, his, you know, his advanced stats were atrocious, and they had been for so the years. So were Leo's. Right, yes, I understand that. But you also I remember that. This. But but Leo Leo's uh, advanced stats were not as terrible when they were in <laughs> Toronto. But, Once again, but setting the bar pair, low. Well, no, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, is that you pair him with a guy whose advanced stats were, were really literally like in the toilet, and then you don't know how that affects somebody. Yeah. So will Leo be better be when he has a different guy in Brazil out there? I don't know. It's just something to keep in mind. Okay, that's fair. We'll, we will keep that in mind. We'll, we'll see how it goes. The, again, the, the third line is probably going to be just you the, know, third the line biggest is, yeah is, it's going to be the biggest question mark it's probably going to be the it's going to draw the most ire from the fans if and when things you know go bad on on one night or another and remember also that the fourth line being as good as it is and yeah. playing as such an, an integral role in this team right. lessens the need to have a spectacular third yeah. line so absolutely if they can get three guys out there that can contribute some and that can you know that can you could put on the ice and have some confidence and when they're out there then you know they're doing their job because the fourth line is so important. I like how you sprinkled some sugar on that, Tony. I like how you fuck. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you sugarcoated that. Love it. You know, some look. I look. I'm like a trucker outside of this show. Okay. Uh, so so <laughs> <laughs> Tony's choking <laughs> on his drink right now. But yeah, off the show, uh, the language is just up, down, left, and right. So not for nothing, Tony. But I feel like I do a pretty decent job. Oh, you it clean do. When we you do, do this show. I'm usually, I'm the one yeah. that sets it off. So seriously, seriously. <laughs> anyway, all right. Getting back to the business here. You, you mentioned the fourth line. So let's talk about those guys. I want to talk about Cal Clutterbuck because he's looked like his old self or his his current his self before he got hurt last year. Mm-hmm. He's throwing his body around. He's making hits. He's getting up from said hits. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. He looks like himself, and that's great to see because when you remove part of your spine, essentially, <laughs> you get a little – You get a little. Yeah, he didn't – that wasn't really – he didn't have fusion surgery. He had the, the dissecting – He had major back like surgery. It, it, I think look, he had a was, disc or two removed. I don't know specifically no, 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 what it was. No, no, it was a repair. It wasn't, it wasn't a fusion surgery. He I had think a fusion he had surgery. like two discs removed. I, I don't think that that's the surgery he had. 
I know. I, I look. I we're have, not going to waste time arguing about not, it. We're not. We're <laughs> not. But I'm just saying. He had. Look. He had. He had a big surgery. No matter what. I don't think yes. he had anything removed. I think that it was. It was a different <laughs> procedure. But yes, he does look pretty much the way he did at the beginning of last yeah, season before the injury, sign. and that's a good sign because he was not the same player at the end of the year. Yeah, and, and there was concern that he was gonna, even going to be ready by the time camp came yeah, around. Yeah, and, so and the surgery the did wonders for him. So he's there, and he's performing like Cal Clutterbuck. He's throwing hits out. Now, hopefully, this happen this lasts long term. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe two weeks into the season, all of a sudden, he, you know, he's crashing. He's crashing guys into the boards, and maybe something goes south. I mean, hopefully, that doesn't end up being the case. But early signs show that he looks like. He's he's in good shape, and he said as much. He said he's never felt better, in a, in a, at least in a very long time. He said he right. he struggled just getting out of bed. You yeah. know, he said he finally feels himself. He said he was he used to walk over, uh, walk hunched over. He just had a really hard time with it. So you mm-hmm. know, good for him. He got the surgeries, feeling good. And look, he's one of the guys over the past few years that he's had a hard time staying in the lineup. You know, he's in and out. He has the his way injuries he plays. Right. It's a miracle he plays oh, no, as much course. as he there's, does. There's certainly a reason for it, but. Because of, of how much this team does rely on that fourth line, it'd be nice to see him be a little healthier. Agreed. You know, going forward. And, and speaking Hopefully of health, this does that. there was a little bit of a scare at the end of the game against Casey. the Rangers last night yeah, in Bridgeport. Casey. You had just an odd circumstance where he was getting trailed by one player. He was leaning over, and, and, and I'm not even sure how it happened, but you have a Ranger. I don't know his name. But he basically bowling balled. Kravtsov. Oh, it was Kravtsov. Okay, he basically bowling balled into Sezikis. Yeah, it was a, it was an odd play. What the right, hell was he exactly. doing? Right, exactly. Like, how did he end up sliding like that? I don't know. Bottom line, Sezikis, you know, obviously wasn't expecting it. I don't think he saw it coming until the last second. Right. And he he did what he could to, he I guess, it, avoid the impact. Yeah, he got upended. And it didn't look good at first. I thought maybe he twisted something in his knee. That's kind of what it looked like. But at the end of the day, Barry Trot said, He's gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Let's take Barry at his word, and yep. you know, wipe your brow, and he's he's gonna be all right. So we should see Sezikis in the lineup on Friday. But there was a, a little bit of a scare, and right. and again, it's not every day you have fans of a team, you know, holding their breath when they're fourth line center. I was just gonna say the same <laughs> thing. I mean, <laughs> is, most most is potentially most out, but I mean, there you go. I mean, think just think go think back of the last fifteen years and think of some of the fourth line centers that have been employed in the blue and orange, and then <laughs> right. you'll understand. I mean, the, right. go back to the Brian Ralstons yeah. and Marty Reasoners of the day. Yeah, I think then, I think the last fourth line center that I really you know had any sort of concern about was uh, Claude Lapointe. Claude Lapointe, yes, yeah. that's a good one, right? That's a good right, one. but yeah. I mean, Claude Loisel was pretty but good like, back in the day. Nobody got upset when Andy Hilbert went down because he played center on the fourth line for a little while, right? Uh, Andy Hilbert played anywhere, everywhere from first line <laughs> right, right wing but I, to. <laughs> that's I know, I know. I couldn't hit a those barn. were the days, Tony. I couldn't <laughs> those hit those were the days. I couldn't hit the side of the barn. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, yeah, so yeah, so like I said, go back to and and look at how many fourth line centers that this team has had in the last twenty five years, and then you, yeah. you you grow to appreciate. You know what, Casey Sezik, and, and let's and let's be honest. Yeah. Casey Sezik is really not a fourth line center on. We've other, said it other many 30, times on this show. You put him on thirty times. other teams, and he's not a th- he's not a fourth line center. But right. on this particular team, this is the role that he right. plays, and he plays it well. So you know, breathe a sigh of relief. Casey's going to be all right. Matt Martin, he's shown up in preseason. He's done his job. He's hitting guys, and you know the the Lemieux bloodline lives on. Last night with, <laughs> Brandon with, Lemieux. with yep, getting under guy's skin last night. You had Boychuk, Martin, Clutter. You had them all going after him last night. They got a little distracted, and you had a parade to the penalty box at the game last night. But, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, the positive to be taken out of that, Christian mentioned, they got plenty of special teams work. Right. <laughs> yes, a, they did. Got a nice long look at the PK and the power play. PK did very PK well. Did the Rangers well. went 0 for 8. Right. 
the Islanders, I believe, were two for six. Two for six. So they were 33%. Mm-hmm. I'll take 33%. That's pretty good, I Tony. I would say there's pretty much everybody <laughs> would take 33%, but okay. Yeah, probably won't maintain that level, but let's enjoy it while it's going on. Mm-hmm. So let's move on. We talked about Bavillier with Christian. I don't know if we have to go any further with that. I think he is kind of a guy that you have to key on this season. Again, under the assumption that there's no moves made. If this is the team they're going to battle with, which we at this point there's really no reason to believe otherwise, right? He's he. It's I it's think he's a huge every, key to this team. I think I believe every RFA, every major RFA is signed now, so everyone is. Oh is yeah, Connor, Line, and we, we can talk about those guys at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all those guys are signed, so right, it's not right. like anybody's in a position now where they have to deal one of these RFAs because of some kind of contract dispute. They all worked mm-hmm. it out. The uh, Line A being the most surprising for me. But anyway, yeah, it was pretty surprising. Wasn't now it? I d- I haven't looked at at the cap numbers. I don't know if as a result of any of these signings, if any of these teams need to you know unload somebody in order to keep talking. I'll check improve, that out. Improve improve their cap situation. So I suppose there's still a possibility that something might happen. But I just think because all the deals have been made and and just the number that Line got very very reasonable six seven five over two years. I mean I think we all thought he was going to get a lot more money than that. Agreed. So that that tells me that maybe the Jets are in a better position cap wise, and then you got Bufflin, who's like, you know what? It's too cold in Winnipeg. I'm taking the season off. <laughs> I'm just gonna retire. Well, he I'm hasn't done. even come through with that yet, has he? Because I don't think that he, they no, even he know. hasn't made a decision, but he hasn't shown up for camp. No, and he's suspended right now because he didn't show up for camp. Right. Yeah. Right. You realize so. the only teams right now are currently over the cap. All right, you might as well. You eight, got it up eight. Okay, so maybe there is room for something to happen. Now, I'm not trying to get anybody's hopes up. We've gotten this far and nothing has happened. And you know what? I might as well just take the opportunity now to speak on this because my buddy's waited over an hour ready for this already. So here you go, pal. We're gonna give we're gonna give a big red X for Lou Lamarillo. At least I am for not picking up that top six forward that he was supposed to over the summer that everybody thought he was gonna do. He missed out on bread. And, you know, I think there was still a big expectation that they needed to add somebody here for the scoring. And it hasn't happened. They're going to they're going to it looks like they're going to go from within. I don't think anybody had that penciled into their plans coming into the season. But, you know, what we don't know. A deal was there. A deal wasn't there. You have to figure at the very least that Lamarillo talked to some of these teams and attempted to bring somebody in. And and I guess the price wasn't right, because if if it was. You know, something would have been made. But, Tony, the price was wrong. The price was wrong. I, I, I like the price is right. It was better, but go ahead. Okay. All right. So, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Hmm. Uh, look, I, I I said that I would – I told him <laughs> – I was like, look, I'll, I'll give him a hard time. But you know what? I said I said last – on the last show, I heard Barry and Lou talking, and I was like, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. And if they have to start the season with this squad, let's see what they can do. Let's see what they can do in October – into November, if they're struggling to score, if the power play is still an Achilles heel for this team, then yeah, I think it's reasonable to maybe put a little more pressure on Lamarillo. You know, maybe kneel on him a little bit and just say, hey guy, it's not working out. The same offensive troubles they had last year are a problem this year, and something's going to have to happen. Because look, if they don't get the goaltending and the defense that they got last year, and they're, and they're also not getting the goal scoring that they, they missed out on last year, then that's going to show up in the standings. That's going right. to show up in the wins and loss columns. And then all of a sudden, you know, maybe there's a bit of concern. But also remember, they started out around 500 in October. They, it took them a little while to get the gears going and, and really start to take off. So 
you know, you got to give him a little bit of a le leeway here too. Le you know, you got the new goaltender. He's acclimating himself to to a, a new system per se. Mm -hmm. You know, working with Mitch Korn and Piero Greco. So I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period for him. And look, if if he's struggling a little bit, you got Thomas Grice, who's very familiar with it. He had a little bit of a hard time last night in the in the game against the Rangers when he came in for the second half of the game. But mm -hmm. again, working out kinks. It's preseason. Nothing to get concerned about. The good thing is the guy that was overlooked all year last year and Thomas Grice is back this year. So if Arlamov is is struggling a little bit out of the gate, they got a guy who's familiar with with you know the the ways of Mitch Korn and Piero Greco. So I'm I'm totally fine if if, if Thomas Grice has to step in if if it takes Arlamov a couple of games to to get himself acclimated. So after that giant tangent that we just went on, let's let's reel it back into where we were. Mm -hmm. And let's see, we were talking, we covered Clutterbuck, we covered, but all right, let's, let's go to Johnny Boychuk. Johnny Boychuk, we mentioned him earlier. We talked about he might be a guy that ends up rotating in and out of the lineup. He might lose a spot to Noah Dobson if he continues to impress. Now, he was playing like a man on fire last night. Now, I'm sure it had a lot to do with Lemieux because he got bowled over Barlamov. Uh, earlier on in the game, Push, and yeah, nobody's nobody's going to appreciate that. Mm -mm. And he was uh, he had fire in his eyes, and he was playing a little rough. Now, I would say that's a good sign because of his age, because of his <laughs> injury proneness, and um, you know that's the type of game they need from him. And I guess he's got to throw it all out there now, right? Because he's playing for a job. So he's playing price time. I am I am happy to see an aggressive Johnny Boychuk out there. Not an over-aggressive one. I don't want the guy taking penalties or anything like that. Right. But, you know, we need to see some feistiness from him out there, and, and I welcome it. And I have no problem with him rotating in and out of the lineup with Noah Dobson. I don't think it has to be one or the other. And, I, you know, I trust the coaching staff to look at a game, see what kind of team is coming, and say, you know what, we're going to go with Noah on this one for one reason or another. Maybe we want, we want a little more puck movement back there. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe another night they want that toughness. They're playing against a heavy team. You, you put Boychuk in there. I mean – what with what we've seen from Noah Dobson so far, and just you know all the all the praise that he's gotten coming into camp, and now what we've seen in camp, that's a nice little problem to have where you get to choose between Johnny Boychuk and Noah Dobson as your sixth defenseman. Mm -hmm. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. Once absolutely. again, speaks to the depth that this team has, and I think it's often overlooked. And and again, people look at it black and white. In, in a lot of cases where you, you just put one guy in and one guy out. and Look, have a platoon. Rotate them in. If, if Dobson proves through nine games, because he's going to have to get in some of them, right? You know, and he's going to have to get in some early because you can't have him just wearing a suit up in the press box, you know, toiling away, you know, not, not getting ice time because that doesn't benefit him or anybody else. Of so they got to get him in the lineup. So mm -hmm. whether it's every other game or what have you, they got if they're going to keep him beyond, you know, the, the cutoffs here, then they're going to have to get in him into some games. So I'm excited about that. I'm looking forward to seeing him in there. And, and again, a healthy Johnny Boychuk, it just adds to the depth. He's got plenty of years with Nick Letty now. They work well together. So And that's going to be, I suppose, on Nick Letty, who I want to talk about now, who's going to perhaps be rotating some partners here, at least in the uh, in the beginning of the season. And he's he's been a little more physical throughout the preseason. I don't know if you noticed, Tony, but he's been throwing his body a little bit. Not exactly characteristic of Nick Letty, and maybe he's a guy who's saying to himself, a lot of guys around here, a lot of guys in camp, a lot of good, pretty good players, maybe he's kind of stepping up too and saying, you know what, I got to maybe add another element to my game here, you know? 
Is that possible? Yeah. I mean, it also could be possible that he's asked to play a different role now. He's not that number one slick moving, you know, puck moving defenseman right now. Now that's he's a very guy possible. that's that's playing, you know, against different kind of guys and he realizes now that he's not playing against skill guys, he's playing against you know, guys, you may have to be a little bit more, you know, more a little more rough around the edges, have a little more uh, sandpaper in his game. So, it look, it's good to see. It's it, competition doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you know, these guys, these young guys, have come in. They had a great second half last year. They have really grown into these roles, and they've come into pre- they've come into preseason here, and they've done exactly what they've that what they've been asked to do, which is basically build upon what they did last season. And you see, Pelic has done it. You see, Mayfield has done it. Pulick, you know, looks the same player. It was beautiful, beautiful pass last night to uh, to Matt Barzell on that one time a goal. Yeah, uh, that was that that whole session in the zone was just a, a thing of beauty. To it watch. was the way yeah. they moved the puck, the way they controlled it. Uh, that was that was nice to see. I hope we see a lot more of that. And I love the fact that it ended with Matt Barzell shooting and scoring. Yeah, he's exactly. got to score some more. And let's talk about him now. Let's talk about the superstar on this team, the guy who, after what eighty five, eighty six points in his rookie debut, dipped down a little bit into the sixties last year. I mean, look, it doesn't matter. They they almost won the division. They went into the second round of the playoffs. So right. clearly, his lack his. His decline in production last year didn't have an overall effect on the success of the team. Mm-hmm. However, let's see it pick back up to perhaps further the success of the team this season. And I think we're going to see him bounce back point-wise. I And I think a lot of that is going to come from the power play. Now, you can make the argument it's still the same personnel regardless of the fact that they changed you know, the guy running the show, Jim Hiller. He's going to be running the power play. Again, we said the power plays look decent during the preseason. means nothing. But I think the power play is going to get it together. I think five on five, Barzell and Eberle starting the season together. And the way they looked in the playoffs in the end of the season last year, I think we're going to see those two. I think we're going to see a nice bounce back season from both of those guys. I would be absolutely shocked if by March, April, Jordan Eberle is, is floating around 30 points again. You know, 35 points, whatever oh, it was. I think there's no question. I mean, look, the, the thing that no one really talks about is the fact that this team played together as well as they did last year, and now essentially the same group of guys is back playing again. You know, you're playing under the same coach, same coaching staff. You know what's expected of you. You know what's going to happen. You know how the coach is going to react to different things and what he's going to expect along different different parts of the year. So, I, I mean, that's a big advantage. You know, when you bring a, a, a full team back together, especially one that had 103 points last year and basically steamrolled a team that's, that's won multiple Stanley Cups in the first round of the playoffs. So, yeah. it's a big deal that I think everyone is glossing over. I'm not just talking about fans. I'm talking about pundits. I'm talking about... These quote-unquote experts that 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 look at everything and they just say, you know what? Oh, you know what? These guys. It was a miracle that they did what they did last year. Of course, year. Like, Tom. Every every time the the Islanders have even a modicum of success, it's a miracle. It's always a flash in the pan. It's just always like, oh, you know, who could have known? Who could have known? Yeah, I know. Right, it's just, but there's a Stanley but, Cup winning coach. But, and a, but regardless of that, they're gonna go back in the tank next year. Right. Even yeah. though essentially nothing has really changed. Right. New owners, new ownership, <laughs> new ownership, <laughs> new front office, new I coaching mean, staff, new everything. But, but you know, you know that, what? You know it's, who I got a bone to pick though? Who really put the Islanders down in their prediction this year? Andrew Gross. This guy had the nerve. After a hundred and three point season last year, you know what he said they're gonna do this year? One hundred and two. You know what? <laughs> get him on the phone. Can you believe get, that? Get him on the phone. I want to talk to him right now. Andrew, what's going on, man? 102, that's a that's unacceptable. Right? That's unacceptable. One one point below. Uh, I, I'm going to have a conversation with him. Uh, no, you know, I mean, at least 
<laughs> and now, look, you can, obviously you can call him biased. He covers the damn team, but or maybe not biased. Just look, he's he sees this team a lot more than than a lot of other people. He's does. in that room every but day. But that's a reasonable assessment to say that they're going to do the same thing because they're the same team. And look, we we've heard all the the cases that have been made. You can, you can go up, down, left, and right. You're going to say that the defense can't keep up what they did last year. The goaltending isn't going to keep up. And yeah, but these things can have a tendency to balance out, even if the goaltending isn't as stellar as it was last year. Maybe the defense is better than it was last year. You never know. Never the, maybe these we're kids take a, full a step year, forward. Right? We're getting a full year of Devon Taves on this team. You're getting a full year of everybody within the system, right. okay? You got Jordan Eberle, who didn't wake up until six weeks before the season ended. <laughs> right. We all were writing him off, and now all of a sudden he's right. back on a new contract right. after steam again steamrolling the an, penguins in that first an, round and another guy who's gonna have to at least maintain what he did last year is a guy named brock nelson brock nelson had a great year last year filling in for that second line center there was a lot of question marks after he who shall not be named left and who's gonna step up and fill that top six center role and he did it and he did he he, did he performed glowingly as a second line center for this team and look and, and look and at he's just got his new contract and now he's got to prove that he's worth it and look at and just look at the uh, uh, the way that that Barry would talk about Brock last year he's a huge Nelson fan he is a huge Brock Nelson fan and, yeah. and it really it showed because as as time went on he got more and more responsibility. And the thing is, is that as you saw Brock get more and more responsibility and more ice time, and the more that Barry talked about him, the more confident he got on it. You know, there weren't those right, long he embraced stretches. The challenge. He did, and he, yeah. he embraced it. He picked up the ball, and he ran with it. And you got to give Brock Nelson a, a, a huge amount of credit, who a lot of these guys, they, they go into, you know, they, they, they just they meander around around that, you know, I'm happy at 40 points, and I'm a 20-goal scorer, and I – and he took that, you know, he, he saw an opportunity with Tavares after he left, and he embraced it. He, 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 did. he, he integrated himself with that coaching staff, and now he is an extremely important part of this team yes. moving forward. Yes, no, absolutely. And now we got to see him do it again. One year is great. Let's see him do it, it up, again. Got to keep it up. And one guy I don't think we got to worry about who people used to scream about all the time is Josh Bailey. I think he has become – Dare I say, Mr. Consistency on this team. He I think has. we've seen what he brings to the table now over the last few so years. He does so many things. He just yeah. he does so and many what a, different what things. What a goal he scored last night against the Rangers. Mm. That rip right under the bar. That was a beauty. I wish he would shoot more. I just I do. If he shot uh, the puck more, I mean, he how could many, score 30 How goals. many names in this list can you go? I mean, you got him. You got Barzell. You got Hosang if the guy gets in the lineup. These are guys that need to shoot more because, I mean, they all have pretty damn decent shots. Bailey could score 30 goals. He's got the shot to score 30 goals. If he actually shot the puck 200 times, he would he would put the puck in the net 30 times. I'm telling you. I don't think that's unreasonable, but the guy, the guy is just programmed to, to look past. Pass first. Pass and first. And he's, he's improved on that over the years, but it's just – He's he's just always going to have that tendency. How about the grizzled nice. vet look on on Josh Bailey now? Like he is one of these <laughs> the elder statesmen in the well, room. Well, the guy's been like, around forever. I know, but I what is, I, he, what is he? Eleven years with the franchise now, right? I Wasn't it two thousand eight? So. Two thousand eight. Yeah, it was the year right, before. That, and he and he made it out of his draft year because you know there was nobody else to play on the team back then, so they should never have been here that year. But that's that's new right. here now. Right. But, I mean, look, the, just the fact he overcame that and became the player that he's become. That's that's a, it's a tribute to Josh Bailey and who he is. Not so. bad, considering you know not too long ago the fan base thought that he was he was nothing. Right. They they, they wanted him off the roster. I think I think. Elite it's, winger. It's it's be <laughs> elite winger That's Josh right, Bailey. Elite winger. Love it. Josh Bailey. Look, uh, he's he's really coming to his own over these last few years. I'm not worried about him regressing. I think he's going to be a very very solid 
individual on that uh, on that second line on Nelson's right side. If you look at if you look at last year's team and you and you get a little bit more offense from you're going to get more offense out of Jordan Eberling. Okay, what did Eberle end up with last year? It's 18 goals that he ended up with. Sorry, do you have do you have 18 goals last year, Eberle? Because he had led less than 20 was the first time in his career. I think that this was that was what he, he ended right. Up with. Jordan Eberle. He had 19 goals, 19. 18 assists for 37 points. Okay, so you got to figure that Jordan Eberle scores, at a minimum, five more goals than what he scored last year. Correct? I don't think that's unreasonable. 24 goals is 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 uh I don't think that's unreasonable, right? Now, no. a- Anders Lee, what wh- what did he score? 24 goals. Anders Lee scored 28 goals. Or 28. Okay, so yeah. you could figure. I figure. Okay, and I could say that Anders Lee scores. Four more goals than he scored last year. Is that, am I incorrect by thinking that? Well, whether you're incorrect or not remains to be seen, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. That's what I'm asking. And again, I think this production, the improved production is going to come on the power play, and these are all guys that are going to be there. Barzell, Lee, Eberly. You'll probably see Bailey on the second unit. Who knows? Maybe he ends up being the fourth forward on the first unit every now and then. I mean, Barry kind of said that the power play is going to be fluid. He said right now he has no number no one, one or two, number two no. unit. Mm-hmm. And, again, I, I guess it's because you have a lot of guys on this team that, you know, you can make an – with the exception of Barzell, you look at the rest of the guys who, who maybe you pencil into a power play role. You know, when you look at Josh Bailey, Anders Lee, uh, you know, Jordan Eberle, it's like – they're kind of interchangeable. I mean, obviously, they all bring different skills to the table and different roles and stuff like that. But as far as, you know, building your power plays out, I don't think there's perhaps clear cut up and down, you know, where one guy belongs here, one guy belongs there. I think it's reasonable to say they can mix and match a little bit. Like, that's why you, you see. Now, I actually don't necessarily agree with this. However, he's Barry Trout, so he can do what he wants. But he's been kind of toying with flip flopping between Letty and Taves. Uh, quarterback in that first unit, and I thought Taves was going to be a mainstay there, especially from what we saw in the last year, you know, playoffs and all that. Right. But I guess Trotz is 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 encouraged by what he sees out of Letty, and he's and he's not giving up on him potentially playing on that first unit. So yeah, we're going to see some some change around. You got obviously Ryan Pollock there as well. So again, y- you maybe want some guys that are going to, you know, make the top a little more heavy as far as the firepower goes. Right. But you have guys, again, Nelson, Bailey, Everly, Barzell, Lee. All these guys are going to be floating back and forth on the power play. You know, the one experiment that is over on the power play, Cal Clutterbuck. Yeah. Looks like that's over. I think that that's over. And it looks like if, if Dal Cole does end up being in the lineup, he's going to be that sixth forward mm-hmm. or what, whichever number you want to use but he's going to be that forward taking Cal Clutterbuck's space you got Broussard that you can put out there I mean, oh 100% is, you, you've even, got, yeah, you got you know Broussard what? it may not even be Delco yeah right? you got depending you got other, on if you go down the list yes if yeah, Sang's in the lineup you look, know he's going to be out there Broussard Sang, Broussard can play Cole. bottom line is barring some injuries I don't think we're ever going to see Cal Clutterbuck on the power I don't play think again. I think everybody's okay with and that. It's probably, and I think <laughs> Cal is probably okay with that, too, yeah. because I, I think that he plays enough tough minutes that he doesn't need to park Absolutely. himself in front of the net. So. Right, right. So, you know, we might as well stick on special teams for a minute. We, we've talked about it already, but you got Jim Hiller. He's going to be running the show now, and, I, and I'm sure it's going to be under a microscope because, again, everybody knows. If he keeps knows. up that 33% thing, he's going to be in the <laughs> Hall of Fame pretty soon. So. Right, right. But look, the power play was under a microscope last year for good reason. Everybody wanted to, I guess the, the term the kids are using now is shoot Scott Gomez into the sun. Fire, you know, I fire see that all the time. 
fire them into the sun, whatever it is. The kids. They finally did got his wish. Did you say that the kids? Look, I gotta come to grips with reality here, Tony. I'm just not. I'm just not a kid anymore, man. And we, there's a youth movement in this fan base, and I just got to acknowledge it. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You just, <laughs> you're just realizing this now? <laughs> now you're realizing Tony, you're not a kid anymore? Better late than never, man. All right, all right. I'm a kid at heart, man. That's never going to go. So well. am I, and I'm older than yeah, you. That's Well, we all know that. But anyway. Well, because you choose to remind everybody every chance that you get. Well, I mean, it's a layup, dude. Somehow you say something that allows me to remind everybody, and, and it just works, okay? Well, I, I also have a child at heart, and you know that for, oh, for a fact. Oh, I know that. I certainly do. You know that for a fact. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> the, the kids got their wish. Gomez is, is dancing on the sun somewhere, and you got Jim Hiller, and now he's going to take the place in the power play. We talked about his resume. It looks like he's got a shot to perhaps improve what they're doing there. But it all comes down to the personnel, right? right. These guys got to score. They got to finish, and they've shown you know some some encouraging signs of that in the preseason. Hopefully, it continues. And let's talk about the penalty kill a little bit. We talked about Phil Fila being out. Now it's going to be a little bit more by committee. It's been interesting to see what guys they've thrown out during the preseason. You see Nelson out there. Nelson out there. You see Bovillier out there. Mm -hmm. Josh Bailey, who is who has been on the PK before. Right. Uh, we know that Casey Sezikis and Cal Clutterbuck are going to be out there. That's mm -hmm. going to be your first pairing on the uh, as far as the forwards go. But I I'm wondering who if they're going to solidify two other guys for that second PK unit up front, or if they're going to go by committee and rotate. I think guys they're going to committee it for the beginning. You got Komarov. Komarov's going to be out there a little bit, and you're going to. I think, especially in the early part of the season, I think you'll, if Kunakal's in the lineup, he's going to be out there. Yes, yeah, but I mean, look, you, you, I think at the beginning part of the season, you'll probably see them trying to rotate guys in and out, see who kind of falls into like a comfort zone, or who they fall fall into a comfort zone with. And then I think that's the, you know, those are the four guys that you'll see out, you know, the four forwards you'll see out there on a regular basis. But for the first part of the season, I think that you'll have your, you know, your, your Casey and Cal on one. And then, you know, you'll be rotating, you know, three or four other guys on the on the other side until they come up with something that they're they're comfortable with. Agreed, Tony. Agreed. And look, as and as far as the, the power play goes, you can't do much worse than what was it? Twenty ninth overall, Tony. And I don't think they're going to be that bad this year. No, I don't I think, think so either. And, and, and not for nothing. Even a mediocre power play is a huge yeah. If they end up sixteenth, they're in good shape. I mean, they're in very, in very good shape at sixteenth. Right, and and again, they may need that to balance out whatever miracles, if you want to call the miracles that don't happen on the defense and the goaltending side. Right. Everybody and their mother outside Islander fans and and Islander fans as well, you know, are just expecting a decline in the in the goals against category where there's going to be more of them. Right. And look. If that happens, then yeah, they're going to have to find more scoring on the convinced. other side. So. I'm not convinced. Get, you know, Barry Trotz, you know, would get the Nashville Predators into the playoffs every single year with zero offense, nothing. Did not yeah, have anybody people, on the caliber of a Josh that. Bailey. I mean, they had <laughs> literally. I mean, seriously, Josh Bailey well, like would consider David Leguan was there. Was their <laughs> number one, one center? Yes, was yeah. their number one center. Right. So think of it this way: he got Nashville. Uh, and I'm talking about at the top of the conference and into the playoffs every single year. The guy did – Josh Bailey is what considered what, like the fourth or fifth best offensive player on this team at this point? Uh, yeah, somewhere in there. You got Barzell, Lee, Everly, and then Nelson Bailey right there. Okay, yeah. so figure four Three, or five, four right? Or five, yeah. They didn't have a Josh Bailey on those Nashville teams. And they were – I mean, don't get me wrong. They had Shea Weber. They had Ryan Ellis. They had yeah. Gary, Ryan Suter. They, up, they had Forsberg there for a run. You remember that? Well, you know, Forsberg is Peter still – Peter Forsberg. 
the other oh, yeah that was Not the tail end of his career right. but but the point is is that they he was able to to navigate those teams with zero offense yeah. no players of the caliber of a Jordan Eberle or a Matt Barzell so the fact that he has this squad and the you know the and young defense he's got you, now Tony, the reason why people are so quick to dismiss that is because it's the New York Islanders I know I know I know I, I'm telling you there's just Look, I mean, I don't lose any sleep over it. I don't care. I don't, either, no, I don't, I don't care. But, like, it's hard for me not to make the observation that if if this was any other team, I think people would be putting more faith in a Barry Trotz coach team. But it's almost like, oh, the orange and blue guys on Long Island? Oh, no. Forget about Barry Trotz. Well, how about, <laughs> like, I, I like mean, they're going to be awful. Like, or they're not going to make the playoffs. Like, I don't know. I've just, seen, what do they have to do? I've what do they have to do after I, the year they had last year? You have to do it again, apparently. Yeah, I guess and so. And just continue to do it. Yeah. I, I, I've seen guys put the devils above the Islanders, and I'm like, yes, okay. Yes, I've seen that, too. I understand. And the Rangers. I uh, but I understand. I've so, seen some some people say the Rangers are going to have a better year than the Islanders well, this I, year. Which, okay. But if you look, <laughs> at the, look at look at New Jersey, though, because that's uh, even more insulting. But if you look at New Jersey, I mean, I know they brought in Subban, and, you know, they, 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 they drafted Hughes, and Gusev they have Heischer. Gusev looks good. Like, they have some nice pieces there, but yeah. their defense is nowhere near as solid as the Islanders' defense, and, and, and their goaltending right. is a black hole right Are now. Are Blackwood and, and Schneider going to be able to carry a full season load? I don't think yeah, so. Corey Schneider hasn't been able to prove to stay so. healthy for two months at right. a time, let alone a whole season. It so look again, it I'm doesn't like, matter. I'm, I'm just scratching my head, like where are these? Yeah. Where is this coming from? You know, again, Jack it's Hughes all come, noise, man. Does Jack doesn't Hughes come matter. into the league and become a hundred point scorer for his rookie season? Because well, I don't see that. Yeah. Well, look, man. <laughs> just prove them wrong again. Uh, it's what they have prove to do. Prove them wrong it's again. What they have to do. You know what? And then they get they get egg on their face for the second year in a row. And maybe after that, you know, they start to change their tune and say, you know, maybe this team actually <laughs> is pretty decent, if not good. But again, it doesn't matter what they're saying. All that matters is what the Islanders do on the ice. And I have a hell of a lot of confidence that Barry Trotz is going to have this team coming out of the gate here in October, and they're going to have a better October than they did last year. It took again. It took them a little while to even you know kind of get all the wheels in the ground and start moving and start having success. So, I mean, call me crazy, but I think they got a chance to be just as good, if not better. Agreed. So, we'll see. We'll see. But I think we're coming around the end here, Tony. I think we, we, we covered pretty much everything here. We missed anything. We talked about Barlama. We talked about Grice. Oh, we, talk, we talked about the squad. We talked about the special teams. The, the, we talked about the building. We talked about ESPN Radio. Oh, just beautiful thing that they, they um, uh, at the the uh, event on Monday, the groundbreaking, they announced that uh, you are correct, which I have to give you proper credit <laughs> for, that 28 games will be played right. at Nassau Coliseum this year. We almost forgot to mention that. So that's a great, that's a little feather in your cap there. So I'll Thank give you a little, you. Uh, little golf Thank clap. Thank you, Thank yes, you uh, very I'm, much I'm for breaking that, that. I'm glad that I didn't have wrong. to. I didn't have to explain myself to people after they said, "Sorry, folks, no more games at the college." And I'm glad I didn't have to give you the business like I promised I would. So, but <laughs> I give right. you the credit when you deserve it because nah, you're absolutely right. So, congratulations look, on that. Like I said, I, I don't get nuggets from this source all the time, but when I do, they're good. They're good. Mm-hmm. They are reliable. Well, and it's so. a great thing, not even just the fact that you were right, which which is, you know, tremendous for you and, and your <laughs> reputation. So that's once wonderful. So congratulations Woo! on that. Yep. But uh, the fact that, you know, the Islanders are going to be playing 28 of their 41 right. home games in, right. uh, at the Nassau Coliseum. And only 13, 13 at Barclay Center, which I don't I think that just place be, is going to be a ghost town. It was a ghost town last year. This year it's, it's going to be even going worse. to be. I don't know what's what's emptier than a ghost town. 
a landfill. I don't know. It's going to be empty, A black folks. hole. Okay. There you go. Sure. It'll be sure. a black hole. That's appropriate with all the black seats that are in there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I don't see a lot of people going. And they, and they pulled the Ranger games out of there all the Ranger for the Coliseum, which yep, is great. Yep. I, I think oh, it's going to be wonderful. At I, I think we thought they were going to stay at Barclays because that's the only time they were actually going to pull some money and some tickets into uh, that place. I think at this point, bro, I think it's just a matter of they want the fans to be happy. And I this really well, that's what it comes hey, down to, I think. If you want to see the Islanders on the cheap, I'm pretty sure these Barclays games are going to be the ones to do it. Oh, so if you if you live near a train station, even if you don't like the place, probably going to be able to get a decent ticket at a decent price to see some games. There. <laughs> decent price? <laughs> yeah, may be, they may be handing them out on Atlantic Avenue. <laughs> Buddy, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'll tell you one thing. I, I bet you when, when people do get into the building, there's going to be people handing out seat upgrades. No question. Getting people down from the upper tier. I've seen it happen before. I would love to know if they've talked to the Blue and Orange Army about moving. I would love to know if they've done that. They I have know, to. That didn't cross because my they mind. should just close that whole section. <laughs> you know, like seriously, they should just yeah, close the whole gonna section. Be, it's going to be empty in that place. Yep. It's I mean, because you got to figure now, you got all these all these fans, you know, the majority of which are which obviously are on the island that probably say to themselves, I don't need to go to those 13 games or maybe I'll go to whatever weekend games, right? Maybe some of these people hop on the train on a Saturday, maybe a Friday night. I think there might be a couple of Sundays, Sunday games still left in the schedule. That might be when you see, you know, at least a, a decent, and I, and I use that term loosely here, you know, type of 40%. crowd. 40%? Whatever the case. I'm asking. I was just asking your opinion. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think 40% is all they see. Look, if those tickets are cheap, then, yeah, I think you see some, some fans come out on the weekends if the, if, the, if the price is right. You know what I mean? If you're paying $6, all you got to do is hop on a train. price is right. I'm loving it. Yeah, well, you know, you got Grice on the mind. You, you know what? What? You know, it just happens. The price, it's right sometimes, and it's wrong others. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying my best, Tommy. <laughs> okay. So yeah, Barclays, it's going to be a dead zone, and I've said it on Twitter, and I'm going to stick by it. I have no reason to believe this. I did not get any nuggets or in inside information on this, but I don't think they're going to be playing there next year. Now, I don't think so there's either. the whole question of the playoffs and. Whether we're going to see them in the playoffs if they get beyond the first round here this year, or are they going to play the second round beyond at Barclays? I just think now that you're only playing 13 games at Barclays, it just seems almost silly to me at this point that you would move any playoff games to to Barclays and, and away from the Coliseum. Now, I don't know if the the media issue is as serious as it is, and I guess there's a case to be made. We have discussed that. You know, we discussed it last year when it was a topic. And, you know, are they going to make more money in the suites and on the tickets? I mean, yeah, I guess there's a chance of that because, you know, when the playoffs come, the fans don't care where the games are, right? You just want to be in the building. You want to be part of the atmosphere. Right. I don't know too many Islander fans that are going to say, oh, I'm sitting this playoff game out because it's a Barclays Center. I think that's when, you know, fans start to say, you know, I'm going to suck this up. So in light of that, yeah, we could still see playoff games at Barclays. I just think it's silly to me, but. Even sillier if they have any games at Barclays next year. Just if put them all. Th you know what? It just it just makes sense. It, it would just feel right that that final transition game before you go into Belmont, just have all the games on the island and, and the Coliseum. I I agree with you, and I think that if if the if ownership has any, or if the front office or anybody has any thought that the change from Nassau Coliseum to Barclays had anything to do with their performance on the ice. 
during that series, I think that I don't. I don't think there's a question that it, all the games would be at the Coliseum no matter what. Yeah, and you know I didn't like that talking point at all. I mean, there's some fans that still tell themselves that the the Carolina series would have turned out different if they didn't play at the Barclays Center. I think that's a load of junk. They both both teams are playing on the same ice. I, no, no, no. I don't think no, no. What I mean is just the atmosphere. I don't think that I, that's what I was talking about. But I think that it has everything to do with the fact These that they are had the long layoff. Professional athletes. No, I think I had and, the long. And layoff. would you want to hear any of your favorite players on your favorite team saying, "Yeah, you know what." I think we could have been better out there if the fans had been louder or if there had been more fans in the building. Do you want any of your players, you know, basically cowering and blaming no, it on the no, fans? No, 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 no. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, if, the, if ownership thinks that, that, that the change of venue had anything to do with the change in the, the way that the team played. I'm not saying that, play, that play, the fans are going. I'm I saying that they're just if, they're, if they suspect. Because, look, well, if those guys absolutely no, Tony, hate going Tony, to Barclays. Apparently it's not up to the team. It's up to the league. Because, look. I don't, know, if, I don't believe that. I don't, Tony, I don't believe that. Look. It, why, if, if it was up to if it would, if the league had such a problem with it, why would they allow round one at one building and round two at another building? I don't, I, don't think that, I don't think it matters. I really don't. I think at this point. I think that it just it came down to the fact of is that because the ticket prices go up, yeah, and, and you wanted the suites and, and you they do wanted get, people there, you, yes, and, and you yeah, get more media in the building. That's what I think it was about more than it was about the league saying no. But know, the league, but the league has this. They 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 get part of that pot. They're the ones saying, look, we want more revenue. I agree. I agree. But I, I yeah, I, I agree with that. But I think that uh, ultimately, if, I, if it was up to the team, they'd be playing all playoff games. They would have played all playoff games last year at the Coliseum. I think it was it was on the league, and it is again. It could. I mean, they could have the, the league. Could the league have have you know? Do you I don't th- think the league had the final say Tone, because I, if yes. you if you asked if you, do asked you both, think do you think it was the team that said we want to play thirteen games at the Coliseum this season? No, it was the league. The league is making them play at Barclays Center. Mm. Tell me, tell me any individual member of that organization that wants to because there are some crap games on the schedule that are going to be in Barclays. You're going to have that Tuesday or Thursday night against some. Western Conference team against Arizona or Calgary, whoever. I mean, Calgary's a good team, but nobody cares. Mm. But my point is, is that you got some crap games in that schedule that are going to be in Barclays Center. Right. So, it, you know, it's not like they expect to bank any money on those games. They're going to make nothing. Right. So, so the point that that's the point. Why are they, you know, why are they even bothering? Because they, the whereas those I, games would be seventy five percent filled. But if they're going to be seventy five percent filled at the Coliseum, why would they for? I mean, I don't know. I mean, look. We don't know. We d- we're not sitting in on these meetings. We can't read Gary Bettman's brain. We don't know. But hopefully, hopefully all that stuff is sorted between now and next season. And they play a full year at the Coliseum. And you have a nice full transition out of Brooklyn. You get one last nostalgic year. It'll be like 2015 all over again. You get one more final season at the Coliseum. And they'll make bank because everybody knows it's going to be the last ever season at the Coliseum. It'll be like that all over again. Everybody was buying tickets that year mm-hmm. before they moved to Barclays. Yep, that building was filled that year. It was because everybody wanted that last opportunity to be in there, and everybody's going to do it again. Right, right. So get them all back in. Let them play as far as they can into the playoffs. Make your money. You can charge top dollar, and then you move into Belmont, and then you got to drop all the prices again because nobody's going to show up. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> No, that'll be interesting. That's a whole conversation for another day. But look, just just do the transition. 
full year next year, Collie, go to Belmont. Case closed. It's done. I hope you. I hope you're right because that's that's the way I. That's we'll the see. way I. I'm, I've we'll, seen it. We'll, I want we'll it to play out. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's one year NHL. Come on, just do the last year at the Coliseum. All right, so we're at the end here, Tony. What's your what's your season outlook? What do you think this team is going to do? How are they going to fare when we get to April? And assuming you believe that they make the playoffs, how far are they going? I think that I don't see much of a drop off on this team. I really okay. don't. I, I I think that the offense that they were lacking from some guys last year that you know that it took them a little longer than others to, to kind of get to with the system. I think mm-hmm. they'll see that rebound. I see. I, I think that you get Jordan Eberle back into the 20s and to his goals. I think Anders Lee gets back to 30 goals this year. Uh, I think Matt Barzell becomes a point-of-game player again. Um, I think that the defense, Ryan Pollock will have a full season uh, of being on that top-pairing defense, and, you know, he'll continue to, to play well with Adam Pellick. I think that he'll, you know, probably, you know, come close to that 40, 45-point um, stretch. I think Devon Taves can do exactly the same thing. Uh, the goaltending, I, look, Semyon Varlamov does not have to be Robin Leonard. He does not have to be a Vezina winning goaltender. He doesn't have to do what Robin Leonard did No, last he does year, not right. have to do that. He has to be a solid goaltender. If he's a 920 save percentage, he's going to win 30 games. He's going to play 50 or yeah, 60 more games. More than 30 games in 920 save, but yeah. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm just talking about if they're splitting you know, sure, the way sure. that they did last season. Yep. So, but Ro- Semyon Varlamov does not have to duplicate what Robin Leonard did la- here last year. No. He has to come in, play the way he's played in the past, in the not-too-distant past. Right. He needs to play the way that he has in the past, and I think that because stay healthy. That's one. That's one thing what we're he has to, to do. Keep an eye on. He yeah. has to stay healthy, and if he stays healthy, if Barry and 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 Lane Lambert and all these guys, are, you know, get do what they've been paid to do and do what they did last season, they're going to monitor the way that they play. He's got a he's got one of the best backup goaltenders in the NHL, a one B in, in Thomas Grice. Those two are going to play off of each other the same way that Leonard and Grice did last year. I don't see any reason why this team is not a 100-point team this year the same way that they were last year. Can they go through the first and the second round this year? Absolutely they can. Do they make an acquisition? Do they have the assets to be able to pull something <laughs> off of the deadline? That's a million-dollar question. Sure, That's what do. everybody's waiting for. That's what everybody is waiting for. But yeah. honestly, I, th- I I think that this team is no worse than they were last year. And if anything, they're better because they have a year of having Barry behind that bench. They have a year of, of, of playing together as a, as a, as a close-knit group. I, I see them being as good or better than they were last year. That is a very optimistic outlook, one that is also reasonable and realistic. It, it could. There's no reason to think it can't go that way. But look, I mean, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if they did that. But I also wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they dropped off a couple of points too. And I, I still think they make the playoffs. I still think that, you know, they have a very good chance of being a top three team in the Metropolitan Division. I don't think they're going to be in that wild card situation. And, you, look, you got teams now like the Flyers, the Devils, and the Rangers that are going to be stealing points. But they're not just going to be stealing points from the Islanders. They're going to be stealing points from Washington. They're going to be stealing points from Carolina, who, by the way, I think is going to have a pretty damn good season. Mm-hmm. I think Carolina is going to kind of be the Columbus replacement this year in the ter- in terms of, you know, you look at the top four teams in the division. You have Washington, you have the Islanders, and this is in no particular order. You have Carolina, you have Pittsburgh, right? I think that's that's your top four now. Columbus is going to tail off. They're going to be towards the bottom of the division because all the guys they lost. Mm-hmm. And then you have these wild cards in Philadelphia, New York, and New Jersey who, look, at least one, or t- one of those teams is probably going to exceed expectations. Uh, expectations are low. 
I think it's at least an eye on the country, you know, for the Rangers, for the Devils, even though we think they're going to, they're both going to be better teams this year. I don't think they're going to be playoff teams this year, but I think they're going to be better. I think Philly's a team who could challenge for a wild card spot this year. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be there. So, look, it's going to be another tough metropolitan division because now you have those bottom teams that have, that have certainly added to what they had. You know, from last year, so I think I think the the points will spread out a little more. So does that mean the Islanders maybe end up at ninety six, ninety eight, ninety nine? It might, and in which case, then yeah, maybe they are a three seed. You know, maybe they are just getting past one of those wild card spots. And you also got to look at the Atlantic Division too. You got to look. Look, Toronto's as much as we hate to say it, Toronto's going to be a better team next year too. But they still have to deal with Tampa. They still have to deal with Boston. I think the big team next year to look out for in, Atl- in the Atlantic is Florida. I think no question. I think Florida is going to make a lot of noise next year. I mean, look, they got Bobrovsky. We all know that, you know. And then you just look at the names. You got Barkov. You got Trocheck. You got Huberdo. You got Quenville behind the bench there now. And speaking of guys behind the bench, you got you got Vigneault behind the bench in Philadelphia now. I mean, there's just a lot of new dynamics here. We're going to see in the Eastern Conference where y- you may see a very different spread of points. You know, maybe you don't get. You know the the division winner in the Metro having 100 300 points. This maybe maybe it's 101, 102. I don't you know. Look, it's not a lot, but I just think the spread's going to look a little different. So after that long winded you know um, tangent that I went on, I'm with you. I think we're still going to see the Islanders in a similar place they were last year. Whether the point totals are a little different or not remains to be seen. And Given that, I think that they can get through the Metro Division. I do. I think we could see them in the Eastern Conference Final. Now, granted, I think that path could be a lot easier if they end up making a pickup to to add to the, the top six, get a forward in there who can ride shotgun. Look, we, we love Anders Lee. We love Jordan Eberle. Or who knows? Maybe Jordan Eberle is that guy this year. You know what? Maybe he's that guy. Right. Because, again, if he gets back to that 50-60 point you know, plateau, then maybe we're not – hurting so much for a, for a top six forward anymore. Okay, I mean, it's funny because you look back and you see what they did and, like, you know, your, 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 top, your top player on your team is only putting up 62, 63 points, and you're mm-hmm. still getting 103 points on the season. Right, that's right. So it's kind of amazing that they even did that. Right. So if you get, you know, Lee with your extra five goals that you talked about, you get Everly back to the player that he's been for his whole career, and the guy's playing with so much confidence now that – Maybe that need for that top six isn't as high. Right. I'm not saying forget about it, but look, these guys may be able to pick it up, and and you, you may not have to do it. You may not have to, you know, trade away some of your your prize prospects to bring in a, a huge player. But we'll see. Look, I still trust Lou Lamarillo. If 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 there's a move for him to be made, whether it's early mid season by the deadline, I think he'll make it. We know at the very least that the guy has tried. But I think there's every reason for Islander fans to be just as excited for this season as they were last year. And let's face it, our expectations were a lot lower last year. A lot lower. And they set the bar high going into this year, essentially the same team. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is year two of Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz. It's going to be a lot of fun. And you know what? There's no more stressing about the arena. We don't have to wake up every morning checking to see if Newsday's got another piece out on what's going on. You know, Jim Baumbach. Uh, Randy Marshall coming out and telling, look, that's all settled now. That's happening. Don't worry about the lawsuits. That's all nonsense. That's not going to amount to anything. So now, you know what, guys? Just focus on the hockey. Focus on the team. Focus on what they're doing. Right. And we'll be here just about every Sunday to talk about it. We'll be here with you folks. We're going to talk about the ups and downs. 
the happiness, the sadness, and everything in between. Now, next week, Tony, I guess we'll discuss this further after the show, but they are playing Winnipeg at 7 o'clock next Sunday. So we may want to start a little later. We'll see. We might do a 10 o'clock start next next week. We'll let you guys know. Okay. Uh, we may we may delay it just so that everybody can watch the game, and then we'll do a post game immediately afterwards at 10 o'clock. Anyway, we will discuss. Uh, anything else, Tony? Before we get out, you want to give me your uh, you want to give me your cup finalist, your cup winner? No. You. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that coming. I, you know, I mean, that's your right. You, know you what, don't though, have to share that I, with me. Uh, honestly, I, I don't I know. This is what like we're supposed to do, right? It really? It's, it's, the, it's the show before the season starts, right? Everybody's supposed to do their predictions. I mean, buddy, we can go against the crazy. You, know, you don't got to do it. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm folks. I'm not doing it. I'm going to take Tony's lead. We are not giving you our Stanley Cup predictions. Because you know what? The truth is, they're going to be wrong anyway. Exactly. I picked Vegas last year, so. Did you really? I did. I picked Vegas. Why would you do that? That was reasonable. Because it was, because reasonable. It was preseason. That's a stupid thing to do. So that's why I, <laughs> you know, I picked the team that I, I like from the year before. Yeah, it doesn't matter who we think is going to win the Cup. And I, and I think it's another year where it's kind of for grabs. I, I was talking to a couple guys before I got here about it. And right now, I think it's either Boston's or Tampa's. That's kind of how I feel. You got, you, 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 so you're throwing it out there even though we said we were going to throw it out there? Nice job. You still don't Love have it. to. <laughs> I'm cueing the music. I'm cueing the music. All right, cue the music, Tony. Cue it up. Folks, this is day one of the regular season. We want to thank everybody for coming back. We want to thank any new folks who might be joining us. Give us a listen. We hope you enjoyed it. We want to thank you for tuning in to HockeyNightNY.com for the live show tonight. Remember, you can always go there for the live shows and for the archives. And subscribe at all your favorite podcast providers. And make sure you do that. Click that little subscribe button, like I said, at the top of the show. Please give a little rating, give a little review. That helps us out. We appreciate it. We love you for it. And big thanks to Christian Arnold and Miles Insight for joining us. And I think that's it, Tom. So for you, folks, my name is Sean Cuthbert. Thanks to the Hockey Night New York. See you next week.